Hi everybody, welcome to Frame Trap. If you're not familiar with the show, this is a this is a relaxed, like settle in, sink into it discussion about video games, about current things that we're playing, about old things that we're playing, whatever we're interested, whatever we're feeling. We'll have a discussion about it. There's some quirky things mm-hmm. thrown in, which we'll address when we get there. Uh, <laughs> I'm your host, Ben Moore. Right next to me is the ever cool Bradley Ellis. Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. The, I just have to. I mean, we're going to talk about Monster Hunter World, and I'm, I'm going a little early here, but it's just so cool to see like, actually everyone talking about Monster mm-hmm. Hunter and be excited and getting into it from all over the spectrum of experience. I think that's very very cool. Uh, and at the end there, rocking an awesome shirt. What is that, blood? What shirt? What, oh, what this game is, is that uh, from? this is from PSX. This is uh, Riverbond, one yeah. of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like a delightful character. It's a, yeah, like a cat in a spacesuit, essentially. That's, yeah, yeah Cat what, Space what's not to love? a good design. Uh, yeah, at the end there, Daniel Bloodworth. Blood, you said something really funny to me before the show. You just kind of like, kind of looked down and you were like, <laughs> I've been playing racing games for three months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's true. Like, yeah, the it's last, true. what, three reviews you've done have been racing games? Yeah, okay. uh, Forza, Gran Turismo, and Need for Speed. Yeah. All, all late as well, but yeah. you know. You get behind, and then like you're just behind on the next one. When yeah. They come out that rapid fire, and there's still like, I don't know when I'll get to do it, but I still wanted to do some kind of a wrap up on the ones that I've I've missed. Just like yeah. play each one for a day or something. Mm-hmm. And those aren't quick reviews, you no, know. No, absolutely not. That's not quick. Yeah, yeah. But like, you're the only guy that could really do it, mm-hmm. and I, I I appreciate you taking that and and doing it and covering those games. It's the weird like, thing with being late was. It really worked in my favor for Gran Turismo because they didn't open up the uh, the championship things or whatever the online oh, uh, like competitions like cool. until that week that I was like at that point you know and so I was like oh this is this is the first time this has happened I'm I'm ready to just jump in online right now and it's yeah. it's happening so yeah it's it's funny that you say that because you know we never want to be super late with reviews uh, but it does sometimes really work out in your favor where it's like oh you're doing this huge patch that, can, mm-hmm. that like addresses things that i would have complained about completely um and so yeah it, it does work out in your favor sometimes um but uh kind of planning out this show this is gonna be the last episode we do before before christmas before the holidays Whoa, dude. before we all before we all celebrate <laughs> celebrate and separate mm-hmm. um and my question to you guys you know, I, I usually ask, like, hey, what are you doing with your family? What are your plans? Where are you going to be? Who are you going to be hanging out with? Not this time. I got a different question. Oh. I want to know the number one present that you want to get this oh, no. Christmas. And I don't want any, well, you know, I don't want anything or it's all about loved ones. I want the goods. I want to know right. what you want. I got okay, one. Brad's got it. So <laughs> my new hobby now is collecting physical soundtracks of video games oh nice it's a good hobby so my brother goes what do you want for christmas i never know what to get for christmas i never even asked for anything because yeah when we were younger it was video games right which we get ourselves now and right. star wars toys yeah and that's about it and so which you also get yourself correct yeah correct yeah <laughs> and uh so i was like hey man why don't you give me that persona 5 soundtrack dude yeah he's like okay nice. okay nice so because i bought near I bought okay. the new soundtrack. Great. I have Breath of the Wild that came with mine. I bought Chrono Trigger also. Nice. Starting that collection. Yeah. Feels like Bloodworth style, man. I feel like Bloodworth when I'm doing this now. <laughs> I want my fantasy is like whenever I come over to Brad's house, there's just like some sweet 
classic game soundtrack playing uh-huh. just lightly uh-huh. in the background. Yeah, just like, yeah, out, like throughout the house. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is kind of funny. Uh, like, I probably would have left anyone ever came to my house. I probably wouldn't let them in my room at this point, just because it's so jammed and cluttered mm-hmm. right now. But, mm-hmm. but like, literally, like if you look across the room, there's just like stacks of CDs on top of all the furniture. Too cool, uh, man. <laughs> Too cool. Blood's Blood's been collected. Yeah, for a Blood's long been collected, dude. Yeah. I'm I, I'm inspired by Blood's collection, man. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's hard. I'm I'm never good at. Gifts, gifts is not a strong point of mine on either end of receiving or sure. or giving. Uh, but, and but this this year, uh, we're actually not even doing a lot of gifts because mm-hmm. uh, uh, my my wife's never been to Disney World or Disneyland, oh, and so like my wait. mom was like, "We can do presents or we can go to Disney World." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, blood that's wins. Sick blood, yeah. That is so, really that's good. awesome. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna be yeah. going to Disney World, mm-hmm. dude. Nice. Uh, yeah, last year, um, I got my girlfriend and I tickets to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and like going to, I don't know, I love theme parks. So always going to theme parks is great. And so like hearing that your wife has never been to Disney, like that's going to be a good, good time. Mm-hmm. Mine is not that cool. And like you were saying, Blood, I kind of, I kind of struggle with gifts too. And the thing is, is, it's not for lack of effort. I feel like there are people out there that are really good at like amazingly creative gifts because perhaps in part they are super creative but when it comes to me like i've had moments where i'm like okay what is this person all about and i just like really struggle to think of like a cool gift for them and it's something i want to get better at mm-hmm. um but what i the, the number one thing that i want this year is a is a new graphics card Ooh. oh sure uh heck yeah some stuff coming what do you, out do you know what you have right now yeah, have a 980 right now. Okay. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. Yeah. yeah. So, and, like and at that point where it's like it's getting about that yep. time and yep. you know struggling. Are you gonna get a 1080 or are you gonna wait for the next one? I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna feel it out. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of feel it out. There there are a couple of different cards that I've been looking at. Cool. Uh, but I don't think I'm gonna actually get a card because like I asked for this and they're like. We're just gonna give you money, like with, mm. I don't know. Oh, that's good yeah, too, yeah. though. So I think I'm just gonna get just money for the it, card, yeah. and then I can kind of really make sure. Yeah, I, I feel like that would be an intimidating purchase for someone. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Give so. me the GTX 980 guy. They're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the right one. <laughs> well, yeah. how much RAM is that? Yeah. All right, that was good. I liked. I liked the that went that went better than even I anticipated. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, Really want to talk about Monster Hunter World, but Brad, you know what I actually want to start with is you were like, hey, I've been playing this, I've been loving it, and it just made me so happy that this is what I want to start with. Blood, you obviously have a lot of experience with this as well. Brad, you've been playing through Chrono Trigger. Playing through it? I finished it. You finished it. Oh, nice. Completed. Yeah. What? But finishing that game is a little bit... I got the canon ending. Yeah, but I haven't done New Game Plus yet. Yeah, that's the like thing. That. It's yeah. like you, you kind of almost need There's, a second playthrough yeah. just to get that full experience. You've seen an ending of Chrono Trigger. Correct. You went front to back. Uh, what prompted this? Why Why Chrono Trigger? Why now? So Chrono Trigger, uh, obviously one of the most famous JRPGs yeah. of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, never owned it growing up. Yeah. Rented it a few times, played it. Little kid. Pretty bad video games. Didn't know, you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I Adult, I'm like, it's time, episode. dude. It's time. I love JRPGs. This is the one. Yeah. Going back, making it right. Making it right. Yeah, making it right, man. Um, Now, this is a game... I mean, there are a lot of games that fall into this category, and we're very guilty of this as well. Where it's like... Sometimes it feels like you can't even have a conversation about Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. It's just like... 
Chrono Trigger and then everybody kneeling down and praying. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's kind of what it can feel yeah, like. Yeah, the vibe, but, yeah. But, but you're coming at it uh, all these years later, all of that that reverence behind it. Mm-hmm. Is it is it worthy of that? I would say yes. Okay. I would say it holds up fine. Okay. Or, like, not even fine, like a fine wine. Okay. It's... It's such a simple game, which mm-hmm. I didn't expect, especially right. in the combat sense. Mm-hmm. Everything's really simple. You ain't got your sphere grids anymore. You don't got the Esper system where you're like calculating all that going on. You got your moves with your character. Everyone learns the same moves. But the best part, man, my favorite part about the combat yeah. is the team-up attacks. Yeah. Yep. Now, team-up attacks are probably one of the sickest things of video games, yes. I think, of all time. There's nothing more rad than when you're Chrono and Frog and you do cross slash for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. So simple yet so beautiful and exhilarating. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, f- dude, I, I'm just gonna ramble. I'm like Frog. No, it's okay. Keep frog playing. is, Keep I think, please. one of my favorite <laughs> JRPG characters of all time. Frog is my favorite character in that game. I mean, yeah. in, in, in an all star cast, Frog is my favorite. Yeah. Um, the, the scene where he cuts the mountain, man. Like, it's just the oh sickest thing ever. So I played the DS version, mm. and it had the anime cutscenes oh, in yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. D- that cutscene. Yes, it's fun. When I beat the game, I just posted that on Twitter. Yeah. I didn't even say anything. I just right. posted it because it was so awesome. Right. Um, so you were talking about the combat, and you were talking about it, it being simple but being really satisfying. I mean, you have those yeah. real attacks. You have those try attacks that, you know, Filling the entire screen, super flashy. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the thing I think that can be a problem for for JRPGs is the battle system starts cool and kind of as you're learning it, mm-hmm. it's really satisfying. But once you figure it out, it gets it gets kind of boring or rote. Do you think you know the enemies, uh, the bosses? Like, did the combat system remain interesting to you? Throughout for the me, whole thing? it did. The game does a good job at. Uh, throwing bosses at you that you have to use different strategies for, mm-hmm. and it does a great job of like. For instance, when I started the game, I'm like, I'm going to use Frog and Robo the entire game because it's a robot and a frog on my team. And that's really awesome. <laughs> Brett, you, the way you looked at me, yeah. like, I'm going to do this and you should do. Yeah. yeah. But then I found myself using, like, when I started the game, I wasn't so hot on Marl. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Mm-hmm. Marl, yeah. Meryl. I yeah. wasn't so hot on her. Then I was, I was getting these characters. I was running to different scenarios where I started throwing characters in and out depending on certain situations that I was in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty of that combat system is it encourages you to, uh, it like, it's complicated in a different way instead of just menus and figuring out like talents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's using characters in certain situations. Like for instance, I would go through a dungeon or something, uh, using Magus cause he has really good magic that hits everybody. Right. Then I get to a boss from my okay, well I'm going to throw in, um, Marl right here or something like that. Cause so she can, uh, do like insanely good heals on everybody like that. Right. That's where I found myself using the only character I the character I used the least I think later on was uh, Luca. Mm. Yeah. She felt the weakest to me for what I was experiencing, but mm-hmm. she might be really good. I, I love know. her as a character. Yeah, though, she's great, especially early on. Yeah. Like oh, th- there's a scene in the game. Spoilers, I guess. Old game though. Just heads up. Heads, heads up. up. Heads, heads up. up. Spoilers. You you can you can yeah. Fast forward a little bit if you don't want to hear the like, session. Yeah. Um. I'll hold my hand up like this. I'm raising my hand. Okay. So good. I there's like a this. Scene this is much better. Where the game you ter- you travel back in time all the time and you could do things in the past that change the future. Mm. There's a certain scene where you go back in time as Luca and you see Luca and her mom. Uh, doing like experiments and everything, and you're playing as a Dol Luca. Her mom gets stuck in like a conveyor belt. Yeah, and you could save 
you could help like if you don't help her she'll lose her leg yeah. or something like that she gets crippled in some way but if you uh go to this computer panel and have the password which is her mom's name i think it was laura or something like that you could actually save her mom and when she comes out of the the time portal she comes back robo's there mm. and they have like a nice little heart-to-heart discussion yeah just it's full of little tiny moments like that like when we were talking about Final Fantasy 15, I remember last year, Ben, we were talking about the moments that Noctis would have with individual characters. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of little moments like that. Yeah. Uh, Brad, yeah, I the, think the little the little campfire scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, yeah really yeah. nice. I think you're doing an excellent job describing it. Um, and, and something that I kind of wanted to bring up very quickly that I think we just don't see enough of is <clears throat> we're kind of at a point where you're, you're seeing plenty of... of JRPG throwbacks mm-hmm. where, like, we want to be, like, the classics. And I feel like sometimes when they go back, um, they miss some of the finer points. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the reason Chrono Trigger is so great is because it's it's not always the same thing. I mean, you have the great moments, like the trial. Uh, you obviously have the opening yeah. with the fair where it's like, okay, it's not just this map that you're exploring and fighting with great music. Like, there's more to it than that. It, it seems like it's a game that is constantly trying to throw you a slight curveball. Yeah. Not so much that the game uh, grinds to a screeching halt, but it's it has just this absolutely wonderful flow to it. And that game is like, what, 20 hours Took long? Took me 20 hours, yeah. And, and it, it never felt like it dragged. It feels like such a complete adventure mm-hmm. where you do so much throughout the entire course of it and it's like hey man maybe not all of these need to be 80 hours mm-hmm. i'm not saying that everything should be 20 hours either but uh for the story it was telling it was right a, a, i don't know i can say perfect but a very great length for that yeah. story yeah yeah oh and all this it, the side quests so it does the the side quest thing that um a lot of people might know from mass effect 2 mm-hmm. where you do specific side quests for like a character you to get more context and mm-hmm. like Games like I Am Setsuna did that later on, too. Yeah. Obviously taking a huge inspiration for Chrono Trigger. But just little individual moments in new RPGs do that, but just giving you a little more context behind these characters and their motivation, like with Magus, even things like that I didn't expect. Yeah. Like, his his story of why he's doing what it is is way deeper than I thought it was going to yeah. be. I just thought he was like, oh, he's just the your typical right. evil JRPG bad guy. Yeah, Brad, uh, this conversation is coming at a terrible time. I, I haven't played... Uh Chrono Trigger Forever. In fact, my first experience with Chrono Trigger was on the Anthology Collection mm-hmm. on PS1. Oof. And, Oof. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, times. yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and, you know, even at that point, I was like, ah, oh, am I going to enjoy this as much as everybody says it, mm-hmm. it, it did? And, I, like, I really truly think you can make a case for that being. Yeah. It's a game I one feel of like, the the best uh, yeah, in the genre. Yeah, it's one of the top JRPGs for me because I. Yeah. It's one of those games I could play once a year. Yeah, absolutely. easily, absolutely. Uh, Blood. You, <laughs> I remember you sharing with me like one of your very early reviews was oh, Trigger in a newspaper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I did a review on it, but I definitely, yeah, it definitely was in in the uh, some of my articles back then. Yeah. Uh, if if you had to name. One thing that makes Chrono Trigger so special and and it's talk makes it talked about so reverently. What would you what do you think that thing would be? Um, I mean, to me, it was just a sense of personality that we we didn't really have that full realization yet with JRPGs. Mm-hmm. You know, like the past, like the way that like uh, a lot of my friends refer to RPGs like Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy was was round pudgy guys. Okay. Like everybody kind of like fit into this little square. Final Fantasy VI made them a little bit taller, but it was like their head was one square and their body was mm-hmm. another square. Yeah. And Chrono Trigger, like 
you had these characters that just felt a lot larger and and more animated and uh these backgrounds like luca's house is just so yeah, detailed so the, cozy. the the trial and like that whole castle is so detailed yep. um and yeah those moments where you kind of have you, you know that like sideways perspective Mm. Um, the bridge, the kingdom yeah, of the zeal. Prison. Like there's just so much there where the the art style just came to life in a way mm-hmm. that we really hadn't seen in a lot of games before, to where it didn't look like every other game that was out there. Yeah. Um, and so I think that you know that and the music were were both huge and uh, and uh, and yeah, this is whole you know very different concept as well. You know of of going back and forth through time mm-hmm. of getting this really crazy diverse cast. Yeah, um, I think all you know, like every element, just kind of you know plays into that. You know, mm-hmm. like the game, the gameplay works out with that. With you know, again, like you just didn't have those kind of team up attacks. You know, where like one character grabs another by the legs and they just spin. yeah, 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 it's so <laughs> it's, cool. Um, and they had fun uh, little fun distractions too, like the like the jet bike races in the yeah. future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Millennial Fair. Dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Brad, uh, a question I get all the time mm-hmm. is, you know, hey, I don't I don't know this genre or, you know, I don't have a lot of familiarity with this. If if somebody is, is coming at, you know, JRPGs or RPGs or or you know, this old school style of game, uh, and they're not super familiar with it, do you think it is worth making that hurdle for? Do you think it's it's kind of like Hey, wherever you're coming from with this, you'll have a good time. For Chrono Trigger? Yeah. Yeah, I think, think so. Do you think you kind of need to already have an affinity? No, for I don't think I don't think you need to, especially because it's simple to understand. It's yeah. you won't be confused really from combat and stuff like that, which could sure. be a hurdle for a lot of people. Like, uh, what was it? Uh, Tales of Zestaria. Yeah, like were, that whole system was right. like what? Yeah, I mean it's not it's not just like but like some games yeah just like insane amount of like tutorial like figuring out how this game works mm-hmm. Chrono Trigger is very straightforward you figure it out yeah and it has like a it like we, all, we were praising like everything in that game is really good also yeah the yeah. only thing I would be afraid of is like some games might not live up to for you like JRPGs right. after that right uh, oh I think oh the other thing that was really kind of a big deal too and um, you saw you saw in a couple of Super NES RPGs but Overall, like even after Chrono Trigger, it was like, why aren't people doing this? It was just the fact that you could you could see enemies mm-hmm. on the map, you know, and yep. like yep. battle wasn't like this other completely weird screen. It was just like, nope, we're just gonna like spread out and we're gonna attack right here where we right. are. Yeah, were they the first ones to do like positioning with enemies and how that can affect combat? They weren't the first, but it, you know, like it, yeah, it was a factor, okay. and also the fact that you you know if if you've been through this place a hundred times, you, you know, run around the enemies yeah. and skip them. It it's interesting uh, with Chrono Trigger because at the time, like just seeing the enemies on the map uh, as you're running, running through and being able to avoid them. At the time, it was an outlier, and if, I feel like every JRPG mm-hmm. that's right. now, now like, that yeah. is the standard. Yeah. Uh, you're not just getting those random encounters anymore, and so uh, yeah, to have that be so influential mm-hmm. uh, is really really cool. And yeah, I. Uh, that is a game I could play once a year. I think yeah. that is the best way. Because it's to not say that it. it's not super long either. Yeah. No, it's not exactly. And I, um, there's a game that I talk about every once in a while that I feel like because of the way that it was released, uh, it was an eShop. It was a 3DS eShop only game um, called Crimson Shroud, and it's mm-hmm. only about five hours long, mm-hmm. and it's got a really interesting tabletop inspired battle system that like. 
I want more people to take a look at this and and like I I think there's there's so many good things that you can do in this genre, but sometimes I'm worried that we get into this mindset of like, okay, everyone expects it to be this long, mm-hmm. this complex, uh, you know, this philosophical. Yeah, not every game needs to be the same. Right. Like, I don't think right. you should start off. I don't know if they do, but start off making a game be like, we need this game at least forty hours. Right. For an RPG, so because it, right. it starts to drag. If it absolutely it's, starts to drag. Yeah. Um. When you said games that you could play once a year, uh, mm-hmm. I do want to take a little bit of a uh, of an aside here. And Blood, I'm going to throw this at you first. <laughs> Give me three. You know, this isn't set in stone. You can change this later. Give me three games that mean so much to you that you feel like you could play once a year. Oh my gosh, um, I'm the worst with point blank questions too. Brad, you can. Help <laughs> I got him. You, Brad's got. He's him. already. Yeah. Okay. Wow, what the so, um, Final Fantasy VII, I could play once a year. Mm-hmm. I could play Bloodborne once a year. And I could play Super Mario World once a year, going through the whole thing. That's good. I wasn't even thinking about Mario. Um, there's a lot for me. Uh, I think Super Metroid is a game I could play. Great. Once a yeah. Year. Yep. Good one. There are a lot of choices for me on this. I feel like I could play like Mega Man X. Mega there's, Man 2 once I mean, a year. yeah. There's so yeah. many games, but just you know, just pick a few. Don't stress about it. Yeah. Um, and then. Metal Gear Solid 1, I could play one. Great game. Yeah, yeah. Heck Metal yeah. Solid 1, I could play. That's like a good length, too. It is. That's a, a real good it's length. It's a great length. <sighs> yes. Man, I need to play through that game again. It's been so long since so I beat yeah, one. It, one of the things that we need to correct in 2018 is there is no full playthrough from the GT staff of Metal Gear Solid. It was the first great, right? It was the first, it was the first great. <laughs> it was the first <laughs> That's great. quite an achievement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll do that during our, our Beach yeah. House 2018. Ooh, we'll see. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good Ben Moore stream. Well, it'll be everybody. I mean, like, yeah, but like everyone nice so could many... get into it. Yeah, exactly. Everyone could get exactly. into it. Exactly. It's not just like one person. Everybody likes that game here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood. Oh my goodness. Um, say what's your three? Just say it. <laughs> once a year. No. <laughs> I'm still trying to just play yeah. through which is the once period. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I, I, I did go and do that second playthrough and like explored like all the nooks and crannies of the main map, but like, yeah, I never did finish actually like. Uh, doing that with the the DLCs, yeah. like there's I mean, still side quests massive, and stuff out there in those massive. DLCs. Yeah, um, Blood and Wine is huge. Yeah, I mean Super Metroid is super. It's a great one, easy one to go with. Um, I see six Blood. Play that one all the time. Uh, I mean six six is actually a hard one to go back to. Oh, I think whoa. really? Well, it's yeah. Like I I I did you know my full playthrough mm-hmm. and like just really just. You did it all. Absorbed I, okay, into that I game that. the first time around, and then like I, I, I wanted to play through it again, and like any other time that I would try to like pick it up and play through it again, like I somewhere along halfway, I would just hmm. not make it all the way back through. And I had the same problem with uh, Majora's Mask. Oh, okay, oh, man, okay, I can uh, see that. I don't know. I feel like I could. I there's like another one. Like, like, like I could yeah. beat Ocarina of Time once again. <laughs> But uh, yeah, well, Link's Awakening I think was one of one yeah, of my other ones too. It could be any Zelda once a <laughs> yeah, year. I feel like I, know, I, Almost, I would not beat Fam Hourglass ever again. Yeah, I like that game's dead to me. I love Skyward Sword. I feel like I'm a, a, a defender of Skyward Sword. I don't think I could do Skyward Sword it's once long. a year. It's yeah. padded. Yeah. Um, Blood, you touched on something that I think is really interesting, uh, where you were talking about Final Fantasy VI, and you're just like, you know, I kind of, I kind of did it. I, I had that experience, and when I think about like. RPGs that, that 
that stick with me to to an absurd degree or the ones that I get really excited about replaying aren't the ones that I necessarily are like, oh, I've got to see that story again, mm-hmm. but I'm just so attached to those places and how they were presented. Yeah. Like, like just the, the how they funnel you through that world is what makes it so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brad, when we were doing the, the Final Fantasy Sevenfold playthrough at yeah. GT, mm-hmm. that was really it for me. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't about understanding every single nuance of Genova and That's Sephiroth. what we talk about with the story a lot. Yeah. It's about the moments within it. Right, it's about the moments within it. You know, it's about going to the Gold Sauce for the mm-hmm. first time and and yeah, to me that that is the mark of, yeah, of a yeah. great Yeah. A great well, what, what's weird about it too is like I still rank Final Fantasy 6 as like one of my favorites in the sure. tri- like totally. above 4 and above Chrono Trigger and above 7 like but it just like actually like going back and replaying like beginning to end, uh, it's it's a weird thing that mm-hmm. like s- certain games like I have a harder time doing that. Like Final Fantasy Four, I don't have that hard time doing that. Like yeah. I just cut through that game like butter. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I cut through it like butter as well. I think Final Fantasy Four is one of the best ones. Um, all right. We're in danger of, of <laughs> falling into a nostalgia hole that we'll never be able to get out of. Yeah. Uh, so let's do the opposite of that. Blood, you've been playing some Need for Speed Payback. And yeah, I have. I think it's fair to say <laughs> that maybe that wasn't the most enjoyable experience ever. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things where when you're playing the game, it's fine, but the game keeps you from playing it. So sometimes it's just like... What do you mean by that? <laughs> So they've gone full hard on uh, randomized progression, essentially. Uh, and I, I, I try to make this short because I spent four paragraphs in the review explaining the system. But basically, um, every race has like a car level that's recommended for you to be able to like tackle that race. Mm-hmm. Now, you can go into that race without being that car level, but chances are your car won't be high enough stats to complete it. But they ratchet up really quick. So like one race will be like 150 and then the next one will be like 170 and then it'll be one like it'll be Mm -hmm. really quick. And so the way that your car ranks up is with speed cards. And so like the block, the head, the ECU, the turbo, the the exhaust. With the name for the Yeah, they're just cards. They just have different brands. So if you have like three cards that are the same brand, then you'll get like extra boosts um, based on that brand like one is like turbo plus um speed and or one is nitrous plus speed another one's like acceleration plus brakes something like that um and then there's also random perks that are on the cards so some cards don't have any perks some cards can have up to three perks to these different stats but are those cards are they uh, like distinguished by like rarity or something? Where if you get a certain tier not of necessarily, cards? but like the ones that have like three perks are mm. more rare. Okay. But every one of them, ha- every card has also like a numbered level, mm. and so based on the numbered level of the cards that you have, that determines your car your car's rating. We've got eye levels in Need for Speed, <laughs> man. Yeah, is this like Battlefront style? <laughs> how they handled. I, I didn't get into Battlefront, so I, yeah, it, I, but I think it's very similar. What? Um, so anyway, so basically, so you will get a speed card from winning a race, um, and at some points in the game, like it's pretty easy to like once you've done that first race, then the next card was enough to boost you up to the next race, and then so on. Uh, but then other times, 
The worst thing, and here's the worst thing about this whole system, is it completely discourages ever buying a new car. Because when you buy a new car, then all of it is set back to level one. Uh -huh. And you can't just use the level 12 card from your other car. You can't use any cards from any of your other cars. You have to start from scratch and go to the shop and start buying cards. And you, you know, if, you, if your car certain, currently has level one cards, then you can only get level two and three cards. And then once you get those, then you can just like replace them with four and five cards and then replace them with five and six and it's just like it keeps this cycle and you can only the shops only get new cards once every 10 minutes so you either have to sit around and wait for the timer to run out or you go and do races that you've already done what or, like or go and do multiplayer i'm fighting this absolutely inane <laughs> progression system than you do like actually racing I think it's about 50-50. Like, oh. I, why Why would you completely cripple one of the most basic pleasures of this game? Like, imagine, imagine an RPG where it's like, you can get new equipment, but you have to go back to level one. Like, that doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, so I just stuck with basically like seven or eight cars, I think, is all I had out of, I don't know, they probably have 100 cars in the game. But it's like any time, like, I, it would tell me that I'd unlock new cars in the shops. I'm like, that's cool. I'm not going to go get them. I'm not going to buy any of those That's cars. That's so lame. <laughs> like, whenever I'd play racing, it was so fun getting a new car and trying it out. Mm -hmm. But now you're, like, discouraged. You're, like, encouraged not to, almost. You're encouraged to stick with one car, pretty much. Yeah, well, you have to have cars in each of the five categories. Oh, my God. So you have to do the grind. Yeah. You got to wait. You got to wait for the cards every 10 minutes, man. <laughs> oh. Because there's, there, yeah, so there's regular just race. There's off-road. Um, uh there's uh, drag, there's drift, and then there's runner, which is like the one that's always doing like the missions back, like a, like taxi type missions where you're like you getaway driver or run away from the cops and stuff like that. Although the runner also has some of the more most annoying missions in the game, which I didn't talk about in the review. Hmm. Uh, there are these things where like they're kind of like uh, they, they they give different context for them, but like. One time it's called a courier mission, another time it's like drop points, and another time you're like taking this guy around to hack things. But basically, it like puts, it like scatters like eight different spots on the map, and you have to like rush to each one of them before the time runs out. And uh, and then if like if you don't get to all of them in time, then like you have to start over and then listen to all of the conversations all over again. And and the other thing that's annoying about it too is that like you literally have to stop and like watch this cutscene that's just your car sitting there with somebody giving some dialogue before you can go on to the next one. Um, but yeah, so it's like yeah, each time it's like you have to open a map and like which one of these is closest? Click, drive to that. Okay, click, just drive to point to point, and and try to try to navigate the city. And if you don't, you know, if you don't figure out the route, then you repeat the whole thing all over again. So these speed cards, like, I mean, obviously the reason they're doing this is to encourage you to spend money to get speed sure. cards to make this process smoother. What is what? Yeah, is I the, didn't even get into the that half of the system because the other half. So there's, there's there's the random card. There's the cards in the shop that you buy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then what you do with your old cards is you basically junk them. You like recycle them into parts, and with like three parts. Then you can spin a slot machine to get to craft a new card. So you pick like one thing. You pick either like 
what kind of card it is, like the exhaust or whatever, you pick the brand, or you pick a perk, um, and then you roll the slot machine, and the other two parts are random. This almost sounds like a like some sort of parody, where <laughs> they were thinking about the progression system, and they're like, what's every nasty microtransaction thing we can yeah. put in this? We got timers, we got randomized progression, we got literal slot machines. Yeah. Yeah. This and you can end up with, either one of those things, you can end up with complete dud cards that are no good for you, you know? Yeah. This sounds like a free-to-play game. It yeah, sounds I mean, like a free-to-play mobile game. It's not. It, oh, dude. Yeah, and then so, and then when you level up and stuff through like whatever the reputation experience system, then you get shipments, which have a cosmetic item, some cash, and then the part tokens that you can use on the slot machine. But then that's where you can buy. You can buy more shipments. You can buy regular shipments, or you can buy premium shipments that have more stuff in them. Uh, Blood. Um, do you know how the community feels about this in the racing game? Do, do people care a lot about it? Do, does no one care? Here's a very good indication of what I think the community probably thinks of this. When I went to review the multiplayer, mm-hmm. after 10 ranked races, I got an achievement for doing 10 ranked races. That achievement has been earned by 1% of the people playing the game. <laughs> Whoa. That's pretty bad. <laughs> it takes like 20 minutes to, to do that. <laughs> like maybe 30 at the wow. most. Wow. So nobody's playing this That's game insane. online. Yeah. <laughs> Blood, what's amazing to me is, is we've been talking about Need for Speed Payback for about eight minutes. And you did describe uh, that mission type that was super annoying. But beyond that, it's pretty much just been yeah, kind sorry. of everything's... No, 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 I'm just saying this to prove a point. It's just kind of been everything, this, this this convoluted mess surrounding the game, rather than, like, how the game actually feels to drive. Like, is... is and I bet I know the answer to this. Like, is it... Is there enough there? Is it fun enough, I guess, on some sort of basic level to put up with all this BS? I mean, I think it is for some people, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're not that worried about it, you know, right. or like you and you, you want to, you know, like there's still always that like part of you that like wants to see your stats go up or like you really want to like get those, you know, max out your row with like cars that ha- all have like three perks or whatever. Sure. Um, but, you know, and then just, off, you know, off-roading and stuff mm-hmm. is always fun. Like there's these gigantic jumps in this game. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but aren't there better racing games to play now then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, they also do a good twist on the Forza Horizon thing. Uh, like, you know when you go around and you find, like, the junk cars, and they just, like, put this enormous thing on the map for you to, like, yeah. s- scour? Um, so, Payback has that kind of a system. But what they do is they kind of, uh, they do kind of like the Assassin's Creed thing where they just give you kind of, like, a hand-drawn map. And then you like compare that to your game map, and like figure out okay, like where where is this intersection actually at? Okay. And uh, and then when you get there, it's not that hard to find the parts. But rather than just finding the car like as a whole, you actually have to find five parts to assemble the car. Mm. And uh, and the the first one is easy, like you just drive up to it and you have it. But the other ones are usually on top of these plateaus. And so you have to drive around and find out a, a way to jump up there. Uh, and some of them are like kind of devious to where it's like you jump too fast and you'll just like fly off the other side. Yeah. Rather, and, and so one time I actually just like started mashing the button to like hit it as I was flying. <laughs> um, 
but then uh, the uh, you know like Need for Speed has had in a lot of games. They also have like a visual customization system with like you just mm-hmm. like exchange all the body panels and stuff. And what's cool is like in Forza Horizon, like when you get that car, like you just get that car fully restored. Need for Speed, when you get that car, it's completely rusted over. Mm-hmm. It's just this. You know, it runs fine, but it looks like a huge junker. And then you can go through and you can replace each one of those body parts with either, you know, a matching, like a clean version of the original body or like, you know, whatever crazy stuff you can come up with and put the lights under it and everything. And then once you like have gotten rid of all the rust, then you can repaint it and put on your designs and stuff. Man, it just kind of sounds like they, they keep the carrot on the stick like way too far out like you just have to, to to as you're working through this game you just have to go through so much to mm-hmm. kind of get anything so you don't like that you don't like that idea of restoring the car i like the idea of restoring the car but like that on top of sure. like meeting the requirements which you're not is not guaranteed for the next race it just seems like they're just if if one of those areas, if there was like slightly fewer steps, then it, that that might be a very very cool thing. But on top of everything else, it just sounds like too much. I haven't really experienced it myself, so I can't say. But it sounds like a huge grind. Yeah, it just sounds like a huge grind. That's what it sounds mm-hmm. like. Um, but it sounds like you were kind of into the idea of going through that process of the restoration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's one of the things that like you know I I feel like they did better than what you know Forza's original idea was because there have been times where you know with with those uh barn finds where it's just like man this is just <laughs> i'm just crisscrossing just back and forth just you know endlessly looking for wherever this stupid little building is sure and and this to me felt like you know there were definitely times where it's annoying to like where the heck is this jump at you yeah. know and i'm like driving off of cliffs for no good reason <laughs> trying to find it uh, but for the most part, like, you know, well, you know, I enjoyed it. Like, you know, and again, like doing jumps is fun. So like once you find the jump, it's like, all right, yeah, yeah. there it is. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, um, but with payback, it's not just, you know, progression. It's not just these, these races. There is a story there. There is, you, oh, yeah, you have yeah. a crew, mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's a whole setup. There is betrayal. Uh, how is that? Because when you say when I'm when I'm talking about this and you right. go oh yeah that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't doesn't sound promising. It's not um, the the I think the biggest sin with the story uh, is not that it's campy because they're all, they're always going to be campy and kind of awful. Yeah. Um, it's that um, the the story moments which kind of come few and far between. They're kind of like. Um, they're kind of like chapter breaks in a way. So it's like you do some story and then, okay, open world. You can go do this set of races, that set of races, and this set of races. And then after you do that, then, okay, back to a story thing. And so it kind of works like that. Um, and uh, the the problem is, and especially the opening, the opening takes far too long, is you'll be doing, you'll be, you'll be driving along and then I'll be like, all right, now jump off the back of this trailer. And I'm like, cool. And then, right before I get to the trailer, cutscene. I'm like, I, I don't get to do the jump. Like, I don't like you. Don't trust me to drive onto that trailer and and jump over this bridge or whatever. Like, yeah. so and and that kind of thing happens multiple times. And then, a lot of the story stuff is also just like really easy. 
Mm. Uh, like even the last race, like there is a point where I'm like, where are the other cars right now? <laughs> And I literally like stopped and went in reverse and still didn't see any cars. And I <laughs> wow. don't like, is it bugged? What is happening? Um, and, and like a lot of the points too, there are times really later in the game where the cops do get to be more difficult. Mm-hmm. But so many times we're just like, scrape, big crash, like tissue paper kind of thing. Is it just the, the story driven races that have this problem? Does that extend to, you know, kind of more of the open world challenges? as well or well i mean the the difficult thing is with the randomized progression system and numbers and all this stuff like i could wait around for that shop to get good cards to to upgrade my car and like nope these are all does these are all does these are all does and then in one round it's like boom i'm over leveled Mm. like instantly like 40 points above where i should be so there, yeah, there, there are a lot of times where it's like, yeah, this isn't really like that big of a challenge, but it's like, I, I guess I could, you know, bump up the difficulty to hard, but you know, it's still going to be that same kind of thing where sure. it's like, it's all just going to be numbers based. Right. Um, and the same kind of thing happened with, uh, with multiplayer, like everyone's level 399, but this guy is smoking me because he obviously like must've like found a way to like work the cards to be like all the perks and you know max out the individual stats on the car you've played more need for speed than any of us you probably played more need for speed than all of us combined and the, the sensation that i get is they just can't figure it out like need for speed has been yeah not well they had it for a bit and then right. for whatever reason when uh criterion split and they right. formed ghost games it seems to be more of a struggle again what do you want um I think that, like, the 2010 Hot Pursuit and, uh, was it 2012 Most Wanted? I don't remember which year that was. But, this, you know, the, the remake of Most Wanted that right. was nothing like Most Wanted. Uh, like, uh, to me, those have been, like, the best recent games in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, Hot Pursuit, like, really got that, you know, uh, cops and racers vibe down right it, like started the whole autolog thing and it like at that time it felt fresh and it, like felt like leaderboards mattered again right um and then uh and then yeah <laughs> most wanted to do this funny thing where they like put people's faces on the billboards so that like if you saw your friend's face up there like you knew that like okay it's like let me let me s- smash his face and try <laughs> mm-hmm. you know try to beat that score it's funny i want Blood to smash our fists. Me it's too. like it's, yeah. it's Me fellow too. allies up there. And they, you know, and I think they did like had some of the most fun, you know, drifting, you know, with the crazy hero drifts and the giant corkscrew kind right. of designs on the, the tracks. Right. But I mean, thinking back to those games, uh, like I played some Hot Pursuit and Most Wanted as well, and just <clears throat> trying to recall my memories on them. It's it's sort of what we were talking about with Chrono Trigger is mm-hmm. like yes they 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 did have new innovations that felt fresh at the time like you were saying but there was a simplicity to them you know mm. that was really really fun where like a big core of the appeal was I want to beat my friends and that's that's a very very simple desire and you've taken that desire and you've applied it in really interesting ways um, yeah don't make things too complicated I guess don't have to not everything has to be complicated not everything has to be complicated uh, but moving on. The, the thing that I'm most excited about to talk on this frame trap is 
Uh, I've played Monster Hunter World. I played it first at PSX, and then I played some of the beta uh, yesterday, Sunday, and it filled me with great joy coming into this <laughs> podcast. It's not going to be just me talking and rambling about Monster Hunter World, but Brad, mm-hmm. yeah. you've played Monster Hunter mm-hmm. World. Uh, what is your Monster... I guess I don't even know this. What is your Monster Hunter experience? Um, my Monster Hunter experience was capturing footage for Monster this. Hunter 4 yeah, yeah, yeah. for Damiani, I think it was. And yeah. that's funny, this is about the extent of my Monster Hunter experience. Yeah. Is like, that's about we it. We got some PSP games in from Japan, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like, I'm wandering around with no idea what I'm doing yeah. in Japanese. Yeah, I was like, what is this cat? Capturing. What is this cat with me? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the question, the first question I want to post to you is, I've kind of seen reactions uh, from all over the place, from, from people who are playing for the first time, time like they don't have any monster hunter experience at all and they're like i love this like i get it it's great i've seen people that are playing for the first time and they're like cool but i don't really know what's happening um i've seen people who who have some experience or a lot of experience go like yes this is great it feels so good to be playing this on consoles again instead of a handheld i've seen oh this is way too easy i don't like you know what they've done with this or that where do you fall uh as somebody who doesn't have it was only very little experience. So my experience with with it was was like I was like, "What's Monster Hunter World about?" This it seemed like just Monster Hunter to me. Mm. Like, what is the world about it? Because you know, it was just a demo. So I get that I was just dropped in an area. Yeah, and was, you, you're tracking a basic monster from because from the trailers I've seen, right, it seems to be like a story or something like that, which had me much more interested in it. Right. So, but um. The thing I liked about it, though, one thing I really liked about it is there's a wide selection of equipment to try out. Yeah. Because I feel like with Monster Hunter, at least for me, I'm going to find a weapon that really speaks to me. Yeah. And kind of stick with that. I don't know if people do that in Monster Hunter. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah, it seemed good so far. Okay. I'm, I'm most interested in the story and see how they you go through the world and, like, what you do in it. Because I don't know a lot about Monster Hunter. Right, 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 right. Um... You, you've touched on something that I think is really important to address and kind of my big, big, big takeaway from the beta that I've, that I've mm-hmm. played uh, is what what is so special about this? It just seems like prettier monster hunting yeah. you're going and you're fighting things. Um, and my big takeaway, and I, with the way that the, the beta is structured, I mean, it's it's structured like typical monster hunter demos where it's like, hey, you have these three quests that you can go on, go and, go and hunt the monster. Yeah. Um, and you kind of get into this mindset where it's just like, I got to go and complete the objective. And they, they make the timer really short. I believe it's 20 minutes yeah. for each quest. So they don't really have a chance to mess around. Uh, but kind of as I was doing the quests uh, multiple times, I kept seeing new things. I kept having new moments, mm-hmm. um, interactions with the monsters and with the environment that I you just that just didn't exist in past months. More like monsters teaming up. Uh, well, monsters, like, fighting each other, so the, 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 <clears throat> the last quest that you can do, the Ajanath, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite moments of the whole thing was I was fighting the Ajanath, the, the fight kind of moved us around into yeah. this forest, and it charges forward, and it, it, it breaks open this, this, like, cave, essentially, it mm-hmm. opened up a cave, and inside the cave, uh, there were these bugs that I could trigger to blind it, but there was also like a monster sleeping in there. Mm-hmm. And so it, the monster's like, wait, you woke me up and then gets out and then fights. It was the big, it was, was it the boss from the first? It was uh, the first one. Yeah. The big yeah, yeah. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just messing around with, uh, like, so one of the new things is, uh, mantles, these uh, sort of cloaks, essentially, that you oh, can yeah. wrap around your I didn't punches. really understand that super well yet. Right, right, right. And that's, yeah, I want to get there, too. Uh, 
these mantles that you can kind of wrap around your character, and it took me a while to kind of uh, find cool applications for them. Like, the Rocksteady mantle is just nice because you don't react as much when you're getting hit, but, uh, like, the glider mantle. So, uh, in the map where you're fighting the, the Baroth, there's this gap mm-hmm. where you, like, basically have to climb down, go over, and then climb up, and... When you have a short time limit and you really want to kill something or you just want to be cool, uh, I had the glider mantle equipped and I ran and I just skipped all of that. Oh. Or I just went right over. And that's really, really useful on top of making it easier mm-hmm. to mount things. And uh, I think that is the thing about Monster Hunter World for me is all the different actions that I can have. Yeah, see, I didn't know like any of that stuff. Right. I don't know the mechanics that well yet. So I was like, what's going on? <laughs> right, and it doesn't... I was like, oh, I'll kill that guy. It doesn't go out of its way to highlight that stuff. Uh, something that I do think is very cool and very useful and a smart decision is you have this slinger, and uh, this slinger you can use to grapple onto specific points, but you can also load it up and do a bunch of different things. Uh, there, Anytime I would pick something up, it would pop up a window and be like, hey, this is what this does. Try it with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that. Yeah. I think that's nice yeah, yeah. rather than having to like go into the inventory and stuff. Um, but... Yeah, it's something, you know, where you said you just solo, you went through all the, the quests and everything. Uh, I would recommend just just experimenting, just trying stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, even on a really basic level, like this is a simple example. Uh, fighting the Baroth, you know, it has this big, like, rocky head, and you it'll smash into things, and you can use that to your advantage. It'll knock down the monster, but it'll also create platforms, which you can then use to Ooh, jump I and mount That is him. cool. Yeah. Um... But in the last fight, I'm sure you saw this against the Aginath, mm-hmm. where the Rathalos came in. Like, I just love the idea now that these fights are... You don't necessarily know what's going to happen, and other monsters are making things way more complicated, whether it's them preying on a weaker monster or being, like, a huge threat to you mm-hmm. and interrupting your quest. Um, I think all of that stuff is just... So, so cool. But on a fundamental level, it is it is still just Monster Hunter. Yeah. Um, so you're messing around with the different weapons, Brad. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I think is a little bit frustrating, probably, is, like, while you can go into a training area and do, like, basic combos with all the weapons and stuff, it doesn't always... I think some of the more advanced weapons, it doesn't do a great job of explaining, like, here's how this works. Here's the idea behind this. Here's how you apply those ideas. Yeah. Uh, did you find it pretty easy to jump between weapons? Uh, no. I was super confused by a lot of the weapons. Okay. I used the the the, the jaw, jaw sword or something like that. It's like the standard huge big sword. The great sword. The great yeah, sword, yeah. yeah whatever. Yeah. I used that. And I was like, okay, let's try a different one. Then I used the gun lance. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a gun with a lance. That yeah. sounds really cool. And I used it, and I was like trying to shoot some guy. A little distance away and it didn't do anything i was like wait what's going on so i'm like yeah. does this not shoot or something like that and i was like i don't know how to reload this thing sure, sure, sure. so i would but when i get closer it would kind of hit him i was really confused about how the, all those mechanics worked then i had that we were talking about this that sword and sh- uh, shield thing that turns into an axe yeah and it's yeah like talking the about what you got to charge i'm like mm. well i'm like what do yeah. i have to charge it for i don't no. get it um so my my experience with Monster Hunter, where I'm coming from, is uh, playing those games. Uh, I would try different weapons, and I feel like a lot of times I'd be like, I just feel like I'm not getting this. Yeah. And then I eventually landed on the greatsword. I'm like, okay, I think I kind of understand the concept behind this. I like hitting those charge slashes. It feels yeah, really, really, the, really it good. It does feel good. And I just kind of like just stuck with that. It's pretty like like mm-hmm. the vast majority of my Monster Hunter playtime has been with the greatsword. And so with Monster Hunter World last night, I was trying to figure out things that previously didn't make sense to me that. 
I didn't go through the effort to learn. And I think both the strength and a weakness of Monster Hunter is what I like about those different weapons is I feel like in a lot of games, right? Any game where it's like you have a huge array of weapons that you can use and that's so important. Mm -hmm. What that essentially boils down to is, all right, they have different moves. uh, They have different properties. You know, they might have different like elemental types or whatever, but there's kind of like this same pattern for weapons in a lot of these games. And with Monster Hunter, it's like, oh man, I've never, the whole idea behind this, like the whole thesis behind this weapon, I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like the insect glaive is a really cool, just like on a conceptual level, a really cool weapon. So what it does, very brief brief explanation. So it's this, it's this twin blade that you have and it it slashes really quickly and you can uh, jump in the air really easily with it. But it has another component to it called a kinsect. And it's this insect that you can shoot out, that you can send out, and it will harvest this juice, essentially. And it'll bring that juice back, and it will give you a different buff. But depending on where you shoot the kinsect at the monster, it will give you a different buff. So this this is true for large monsters. So if you shoot it, like... At a large monster's feet, it'll give you a speed buff. If you shoot at its body, it'll give you a defense hmm, buff. Huh. And if you shoot it at the head, it'll give you an attack buff. And the attack buff makes you stronger and gives you like additional animations so you can hit additional more. Additional animations. Right. And so you're like going around. You're tra- you want to get all three of these buffs. You want to bring your, your kinsec back and then you want to hmm. do it. And I had never really... That's an interesting weapon. Uh, ...experimented with the insect glaive before. Like I was using it for the first time and I was just like, okay, like... I'm not doing super great with this, but I think the idea of the weapon yeah. is so cool. Um, I'm not going to go into it, but I think like the charge blade is the same way. I think uh, the gun lance is the same blade. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like the way these weapons feel uh, is so 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 cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad, question for you. Yes, <laughs> I think this game is absolutely gorgeous. Like mm-hmm. I really do. I love like when you go out like into the marsh, for mm-hmm. example. How like thick and dense the grass is like when you run by a bush like birds are flying out it just it feels like a place where like wondrous creatures live mm-hmm. how do you think it looks was there anything oh, confusing or annoying uh, to you i thought it looked kind of bad at really? points graphically okay. yeah all right uh well i'm playing on 4k tv and everything like that yeah. does it have 4k do we know uh, that? so it gave me when i was playing it on my 4K TV, it said it had HDR options. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I had that. Like, for instance, there's monsters in the background, and their animations were right. really I did weird. And so I was like, why is this happening right that. now? Yeah. I don't know. It looked weird. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't played a lot of Monster Hunter, so I'm not sure, sure like what the standard is for those games. I wasn't blown away by it. Sometimes okay. I thought it looked kind of weird, especially the monsters in the background. Um, When you... So boot up the beta, you get three different options. Uh, you can prioritize resolution, you can prioritize frame rate, and you can prioritize graphics. And my understanding, based on the description, is like the density of things in the environment. Uh, which one did you pick? Graphics. Okay. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Okay. It didn't look like that impressive to me. Okay. No, that's playing. fair. That's fair. No, I thought it looked really, really good. Um, but it might just be that like... The Monster Hunter I played before this was a little bit of Double Cross on Switch. Sure. So, yeah. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, don't know if it's that. I mean, I, I I didn't notice probably as many things as you, like how you're noticing like yeah. the environment, like reacting in different ways, like birds. Like I didn't really notice any of that. Yeah. Um, so, I was just trying to, I don't think I was focused on it as much either. Sure. I was just trying to figure out how these weapons work right. most of the time. Right. Like you already had like enough of a barrier to mm-hmm. climb yeah. weapons. 
Um, something that I I think a lot of people were curious about, at least I was curious about it, is there there are a lot of changes, uh, just like quality of life changes, I guess, with mm-hmm. Monster Hunter, where uh, like you can walk and drink a potion now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can fast travel between camps, which is amazing. Um, you can change equipment at a camp. Uh, you can eat food at a camp. Like all of this stuff uh, that I was worried was... I don't know, going to ruin Monster Hunter Casual somewhere? Or, too much? Or, or, yeah, I guess that's it. I you guess oversimplifying it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's just because I still am, like, nowhere near a Monster Hunter expert. Like, I, too, am casual. But I, st- like, fighting the Anjanath, and I really thought the Anjanath had, like, a great difficulty to it. Like, fighting it solo, I was like, this is still tense. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not wiping. No, I'm not. I'm not being carded. But... I still think fighting it is really tense. I'm enjoying figuring out its moves. I'm enjoying the way the fight is evolving over time. Like, it felt really good to me. And so I guess my question to you is, was there enough there in the beta for Bradley Ellis to really want to dig into this? I mean, yeah, this is the time. I've been waiting. Like, real deal, console, let's go. I don't want to play it on a handheld. It just doesn't work for me necessarily. Like, this is what I wanted. Mm -hmm. This is the time. There's at least somewhat of a story. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. This is the time. Yeah. Man, but you mentioned, like, enjoying the enemy's moves, like, figuring out all their moves and kind of stuff like that. I feel like I just spent so much time figuring out how some of these weapons worked. Right. I might have just overlooked a lot of that. Sure. I feel like when I do understand that more, I'll appreciate a lot more probably of it. Yeah, and I I think one of the big benefits for me, uh, and I I just, I enjoy games like this Mm -hmm. where it it feels like there's almost this limitless pool of stuff Mm -hmm. uh, that you can learn. That's what makes streaming it so fun. Like, regardless of the weapon that I picked, regardless of the thing that I was fighting, regardless of the map that I was in, you know, so many people had so many different tips, and it's fun kind of in real time seeing those tips, trying them out. Yeah. And I just, you know, to really boil it down and be reductive, I feel like, Monster Hunter uh, and Monster Hunter World right now is just a series of small aha moments. Aha. And so, like, I'm excited to play with you. Oh, and that'll learn. Be, like, that's, that's what Monster Hunter is to me, is playing with your friends. Yeah, 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 definitely. But I'm sorry, I've kind of have no, not done a great job of including <laughs> you in this conversation. Uh, but you said, you mentioned when Brad was talking about capturing for, for Ultimate that you don't have a ton of Monster Hunter experience. How do you feel about World? Is it something you're interested in? Are you curious? Are you intimidated? How do you feel? Um, yeah, I mean, I've always been both curious and intimidated by Monster Hunter. I, I think, yeah, I did put a little bit of time when they had a demo out for Wii. Like was I put it, it try? What was that yeah, what it was? Yeah. Uh, I did, but I tried out the demo there, and I think one of the biggest things that had, like, kind of put me off at that point was just the, the way that, like, there's such small zones. Yeah. And it's like, you just, like... You know, loading screen, loading screen, like right. things were all kind of broken apart. That is and something so, that I didn't even mention. In yeah. The world, I mean, it, the map, you can see it, it's still divided into zones, but there's no there's no seam there. You, the monster's not knocking you back into another zone. You have to go through those quick loading <laughs> screens. Like it's all, it's all seamless, which is nice. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think between that and the fact that like, it didn't really feel like I had a lot there to tell me, like, what what, what do you need me to do right now? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to be doing in this game exactly? Right. Uh, so, like, I never really got over that that hump to, like, really get into it. But I've always been sort of uh, attracted by the concept of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, how's that? And, that well, and, cool. and the and the co-op, you know, like to feel like, oh, I really should be playing this with other people, and who am I going to play it with? Yeah, that's been an intimidating factor too. Sure. But I, you know, I always appreciated, um, like, I watched some like the Japanese dev diaries and stuff when I was just, you know, a GT, and I was just like, would pull every video off the internet to put on game trailers, mm-hmm. you know, and like those things where they talked about designing the creatures and creating uh you know the sounds and like all the weird animals they would record sounds from and like blend together and stuff like that right um something that i that i didn't mention that i actually haven't seen but i saw someone else mention that i think is so cool is uh you know really not just treating these monsters like hey, things that you're just killing and getting loot for so you can get better armor and weapons, like actually treat, treating them like like real creatures. Um, apparently, like the, the the first monster that you fight, the Great Jagras, um, you can see its entire day. Mm. Like you can, if you just follow it around, you'll see it move from place to place. You'll see it go and, 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 and feed its young. Like you will see its routine. Mm. You will see it. Uh, you know, existing in this environment and not just waiting for you that to come cool, up and whack yeah. it. Monster um, Hunter Shenmue. Awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I will say, though, something I'm disappointed by, mm. uh, at least right now, and my feelings could change, is <clears throat> you have these scout flies. Oh, I did see Bill complaining about them. Yeah, the thing that I don't like, because I just it just feels too simple, is... What you can do is, as you're going around, you might see like uh, like a carcass that the monster recently ate, and you can go and you can investigate it, and it will like fill up this bar. And the more that you fill up the bar, like you'll get to a point where it's like, okay, you filled up the bar. Here's exactly where the monster is. And I I like the idea of of tracking a monster, trying to figure out where it is. And I I saw somebody on Twitter say that like, oh, you can identify the monsters by their individual footprints, mm-hmm. which I think is cool, but. In practice, what it felt like to me is I was just kind of running around. These clues were all over the place. They weren't hard to find. Just hitting the button, seeing the bar fill up, and then it's like, okay, there it is exactly. Like, there really wasn't an element of uh, tracking involved. And I can imagine from a, like, design perspective, you spend so much time fighting the monster and maybe other monsters are coming in. Like, that's such a big component that maybe you can't make that more involved. Mm -hmm. But just kind of on its own... Uh, I didn't think it was that interesting. That'd be cool if there's monsters later on that you can't do that with or something. Sure. Or they're they're just they don't they're they're better at covering their tracks. Yeah, so that'd they're be trying awesome. to deceive you like, yeah, like high, I hope like high level monsters have like right. different mechanics like that. Right. And that's why I'm like hesitant, I think, to be a little bit too yeah. condemning on it because like you can just envision scenarios yeah. where it's like, oh, this monster led me to something else and put me in a bad situation. Uh Blood, do you think you'll play Monster Hunter World? Uh I mean, it's really going to depend on, like, what's happening around that release. Sure. I, I haven't... Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't, yeah, I haven't kept a good look at uh, release dates for the new year yet. But, uh, yeah, it, it could be something I could dabble in. Hmm. Okay. Blood, I, I would like to have every ally in Weekly Hunts. <laughs> yeah. I would like us to be, like... Well, doing it on Sunday mornings doesn't help me at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you are... You're very busy Sunday mornings. It's just also... A, like I feel like Sunday morning is so good with it. Like waking up, like I was dead tired from PSX, and I thought I was like, I'm not gonna have any energy to the stream and just sipping coffee, talking to people yeah. about Monster Hunter, yeah. being excited. Uh, it felt very well. It's good. like we already know what weapon Huber's gonna use, or at least two of them: axe and hammer. Yeah, I oh, hammer us- users are so useful. Um, like he's gonna use one of the big boys. Oh yeah, 
Because it feels good to use a big boy in this game, you know, which I, I love. Yeah, I know it's range, but I think he might like the heavy bow gun too. He might like it, but he can't. Like Huber is a simple man. <laughs> he likes big, He's a simple, complex heavy. Man. Yeah, simple. Yeah. In some ways, complex in others, I guess. But he likes big, heavy weapons. As long as we're talking about Huber and Monster Hunter, what I can envision is like once he gets comfortable with, and I bet he'll get comfortable with it right away, uh, with mounting monsters, I can just see him. Yep. jumping off every single possible surface in the game and just like constantly getting mm-hmm. on it, stabbing it, bringing mm-hmm. it down. Like I can see him being really I'm excited for our that. team composition when we figure out how to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I am too. I'm curious. Like like you said with Huber, you can kind of predict like Jones is going to use a bow, bow uh, for sure. He's going to use two really daggers. Fun. Yep, dual blades. <laughs> yeah, he did that during the stream. But... I think you'll you'll have several. Yeah, I, bet you I like to experiment a lot more. Yeah. You and me seem to both do yeah. that kind of thing. Still like when bad. I saw you could get armor that gives you additional threat or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yep. that was really cool. Yep, 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 yep. The challenger mantle mm-hmm. is what it's called. Yeah. Um, I just I just have to say I, I don't know if it's just because of the excitement of the beta or what it is. I I don't know. I just I really fell in love with it. I couldn't stop playing it. I had such fun. Like it is. It is the game I want the most, I think, like, in 2018 right now. And it's close, too. I know, it's so it's close. close. That's the satisfying thing. That's the satisfying thing. But I'm really curious. It, you know, there's a lot of talk about how well this is going to do and mm-hmm. how people are going to uh, respond to it and if it's going to please long-time people and new-time people. So, like, I'm, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious if it's going to be a bang or if it's just going to be what it is. So seems to be a lot of buzz around it, though, right it now, which is good. Buzz. It was like, the beta was, like, uh, number one on Twitch. Wow, for at least really? A, for at least a little That's while. That's impressive. I mean, I wasn't yeah. following it super closely. But, uh, nice. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, <clears throat> but this is this time of the show, uh, and we, we do a little bit of a game. We do a little bit of a game when we get about halfway through the show. One, to mix things up, and, and two, because somebody will say something uh, that will... <laughs> In, in the, the frame trap lore will trigger the demons of the frame trap realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a little bit of a twist today in a lot of regards. And so what we do is we play a little trivia game that is video game related. And Blood, uh, the demons had a different word that was going to be the trigger today. Uh, <laughs> but when you said speed card, that offended their <laughs> sensibilities so much that they just switched it to speed card. Oh, no. So... You have now gotten us caught in the frame trap Man, realm. I hate being caught in the frame traps. Yeah, well, we it's unavoidable. Get we gotta, we gotta get, get out of here. We gotta, we gotta get, get out, out of here. Uh, with today's caught in a frame trap, we're actually doing a totally different style of game, and I hope you and the internet doesn't hate me too much for this, but I couldn't resist. We're doing a different style of game for caught in a frame trap. Uh, but before we get there, the people who are going to send us their aid to help us get out of the, the frame mm-hmm. trap realm are our sponsors. And we've got a lot of new ones today. Cool. Uh, that I'm excited to get through. Um, our first two are uh, sponsors that we've had on the show before. And thank you for your continued support. The first one is Greg the Dark Knight Kettering. Yeah. We finally met him. Yeah. yeah, met him in person. It's yeah. great. Yeah, good yeah. guy. He is a very good guy, uh, Brad. It's funny that you're on the show because uh, he plays patron D and D with me, and uh, I feel like sometimes he kind of falls into the Nicator position, where like he wants to do something that like makes sense, mm-hmm. but the rest of the party doesn't. <laughs> um, and so he he reminds me of you, okay, uh, a little bit. But thank you, Greg, uh, for being a sponsor. Our next sponsor is Elsewhere Presents the Sonic Podcast, uh, and. 
I really love this. Oathworse Presents always gives me like a new description uh, for the show, and it's, it's very fun. I haven't listened to the podcast yet, but it sounds delightful. Elsewhere Presents Sonic the Podcast. Uh, it's a Sonic the Hedgehog podcast from another dimension, a world where Sonic started out as a tabletop game in the 70s. There's an entire religion built around him, and nobody remembers the year 2006. Also, there is an easy... There is an easy allies in this world, a group of hardcore Sonic fans complete with their own original characters and fan fiction. The Lords of Yonder would like to thank the easy allies of your world for helping me spread the word about this other realm. To show that gratitude, they've beamed images of the Sonic OCs of these otherworldly allies to the mind of a mad artist and would like to share these interpretations of those images with the Frame Trap audience. If these images delight you in the slightest, please consider giving Elsewhere Presents Sonic the Podcast a listen and follow us on Twitter at Elsewhere Podcast. Join host Griff Newcastle on his journey down the spiritually transcendent road <laughs> that is loving Sonic. And as before, thank you, demons. Uh, so what he's referencing there is that the PSX meetup Saturday night uh, he comes up to me and he goes... I, I drew the allies as Sonic characters. I saw this. And mm. I, I've kind of ruined the surprise a little bit because I went and I showed a bunch of the other allies. Um, and I, if you watch the upcoming Easy Update, I show it off on there. Uh, but it's it's wonderful. They're really hilarious interpretations of us as Sonic characters. Bloods is probably my favorite. I don't know oh, if you've wow. seen it. No, I did not. Um, but what we're going to do, kind of the idea that we have, is we on Easy Update, I kind of just show the pictures. It's hard to get a real good look at them. But uh, I'm going to show some of those interpretations on this episode, and then in subsequent episodes, we'll show the rest. Great. So uh, look forward to that. Those will probably go on the screen right now. Um, our next sponsor, much like Greg, mm-hmm. doesn't have anything to promote, just happy to support the show or happy to have you, Nate Keelock. Nate Keelock. Mm. I hope I pronounced your last name right. If I didn't, please let me know. Uh, and known on Twitch as Smallgate. Mm. Smallgate, S-M-O-A-L-G-A-T-E. Um, <laughs> our next sponsor feels like maybe the most like appropriate frame trap sponsor we've ever okay. had. Okay. Anime or fighting games. You'll know why in just a second. Zen Market is our next sponsor, okay. brand new sponsor. Zen Market, based in Osaka, Japan. Here we go, baby. Whoa. Is a shopping proxy service that has been helping people get stuff from Japan since 2014. There are a handful of places online to bar- buy marked-up Japanese imports. But with Zen Market, you can go to the source and buy new and used goods directly from Japanese online stores. Additionally, you can bid in real time on Yahoo Auctions, Japan's biggest and busiest auction site. Find Japan-exclusive games, consoles, anime, toys, amiibo, figures, clothing, accessories, and whatever else you want. Zen Market staff can even help you search for the more elusive items on your list. The only fee is a 300 yen charge per item purchase. That's less than $3. That's it. There is no commission based on the price of goods. Wow. You can shop manage your purchases, consolidate items, and organize international shipping right from your account on Zen Market's website. New signups will receive a 300 yen credit, so your first purchase skips the service fee altogether. Sign up for a free account on zenmarket.jp and start browsing Japanese stores today. Whoa. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. 
Zen Market even went an extra mile. Uh, they actually created a landing page on Zen Market for Easy Allies fans. Ooh. They're like, sometimes, you know, people come to the site and it's a little bit hard for them to uh, navigate around. And kind of my impression of this landing page that they created for us is they're like, hey, we think this is stuff that, you know, your listeners would be interested in. So Yes, I'm I interested. That was very, very cool and very nice of them to do that. So thank you, Zen Market. And uh, our last sponsor of the day has a great name. Grandmaster Pizza. That's a great name. That is a good name. <laughs> Here's the pitch from Grandmaster Pizza. Man, you got to check those sweet vids out from my boy Grandmaster Pizza. I got to tell you, these vids, sweet. So sweet, in fact, that after you listen to this great podcast that I'm hosting the heck out of with my most splendid guests who are just about guesting up a storm. You should go check them vids out. Search Grandmaster Pizza on YouTube for some super swimmingly swell gaming vids. P.S. There is some colorful language, so watch out, people. P.P.S. Merry Christmas, my pepper bronies. May your holidays be as golden as the irresistible crust of a well-made pizza. Dude. Which keeps your cheese and toppings, whatever they may be, Safe and cozy. P-P-P-S. How about that Masahana Ben? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, that lived up to the name perfectly. Yeah, yeah it wow. did. That well, was great. Well done. That was very good. Here is my channel URL and a few other places to find me. You can find Grandmaster Pizza at YouTube.com slash Grandmaster Pizza, Twitter.com slash Grandmaster Pizza. Uh, so for YouTube, it's Grandmaster. For Twitter, it's Grandmaster. And then patreon.com slash grandmasterpizza. And those are the sponsors. Uh, thank you guys so much. This is actually the most sponsors we've had. Thank you. Frame Trap is really cool. Thank you for uh, supporting the show. Yeah, thank you for supporting the show. And now we've got the ludicrous cotton frame trap for today. Oh, geez. So normally what I do is I come up with a list of multiple choice questions, and I ask you guys uh, to, to answer. Uh, the first person to whisper into the mic, Hotake, gets to answer. If they get it right, they get a point. If they get it wrong, the other person gets a free answer. Not exactly like that now. You're still going to have to whisper into the mic, Hotake, before you answer. And you're still going to have to listen to the whole thing. But uh, what I'm going to do is I have three questions for each of you. Oh. So I'm going to do one of you first, and then I'm going to do the other one of you second. It's as, each, each of the three questions is true or false. You have to pick one. And what the Cotton Frame Trap is today is, is this Sonic the Hedgehog character real or just made up? So you're going to have to go true if you think it is an actual, real Sonic the Hedgehog character, or false if you think it is not a real, official Sonic the Hedgehog character. You're all fake. All right, who wants to go first? I need a pen. I gotta get a pen. Okay. Here, you just take this one. Okay. This is an incredibly funny... <laughs> Caught in a frame trap. You want to go first? Sure. All right, Brad. Your first character, which you will need to decide, is either true or false. That's what I want okay. you, want you to, to say. <clears throat> Marin the raccoon. Hotake. Yes. False? Incorrect. Damn it. That is real. Raccoon? Uh, Do they have the game, the source that they're in? Yeah, so I, I what I did is, and I was just using, like, quick wiki research for this. So okay. I hope this is all right. But the first game that, the first thing, the first Sonic property that Marin the Raccoon appeared in was Sonic Rush Adventure. 
Oh, what? Man. What is that? I'm pulling from all over the place. Is that a I'm Game Boy Advance game? Uh, I believe uh, it is a DS, DS. game. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm not getting that. All right, so okay. no, no points so far. Which I have played, but I did not remember that character at all. Next character. True or false? Oilette the Hummingbird. Um, Hotake. Yeah. True. Incorrect. Damn it. <laughs> uh, that one I found on DeviantArt. These all oh. suck. Yeah. Wait, oh, they're DeviantArt ones? No, th- just that one. The, oh, okay. The, the other, you're throwing, I believe. You're throwing me the other, fanfics? The other, uh. the other false ones I made up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I did use DeviantArt for inspiration, yes. <laughs> uh, all right, the last one. Okay. <laughs> Nicole the Hololynx. Dude, okay, Hotake. Yeah. That's got to be true. That's true! Yes! Yeah, so Nicole the Hollowings, I don't know anything about this character or any of these characters, but uh, my, my understanding is that Nicole the Hollowings uh, comes from the comics. They're all terrible, though, so it's fine. Okay. So, Brad, that's one point. So, Blood, <laughs> in order to beat Brad, you have to get more than one correct. Okay. Are you ready? No, but okay. All right. Your first one is Guston the Toucan. <laughs> Why is it so hard to know? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm gonna try false. You are correct. Oh, that is not real. Tied up already. Guston is not a real. <laughs> but it could be real. It could, it could be 100 percent real. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Your next question. Your next uh, character is Agunus the Rhino. Once again, that is Agunis the Rhino. Agunis? I am Agunis. False? True. Uh, there's another comic character. Comic. Oh, okay. All right. The last one is Ray the Flying Squirrel. Ray the Flying Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that one sounds like a shoe-in, but, uh I'm going to say true. You're right! You're right! <laughs> uh, first appeared in uh, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. Which, Sega in, Sonic Yeah, an arcade game. That, I believe it is an arcade game that did not come out of here. Okay. Ray the Flying Squirrel is real. Blood, you did it. You were able... I don't know if this is, like, praise or criticism, you were able to correctly identify which Sonic characters were real and which were fake. Just get us out of this frame trap, man. Yes. So now you have the honor of saying a phrase, doing an action, whatever you think is strong enough to pull us out of this demonic realm. Oh, boy. I, I, I hadn't considered it. You, I have to say, uh, not to put any more pressure on you, but uh, just based on audience feedback, you have some of people's favorite. Oh hell yeah! Uh, getting out of cotton frame sure. traps. Your tiger knee is legendary. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna throw this coaster like a discus. That was perfect. We didn't just get out of it. I didn't think you were going to actually throw it. <laughs> we, have, we have done damage to the demons yeah. in the, in the nah, frame trap. That, right? that, that hit the baseboard. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Blood, blood is a ninja. He got it. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, spooky. Spooky? Oh, spooky. Did you like that? Did you like the false? It was balls? hilarious because <laughs> I did not expect you to tell me to name. Like, I hate Sonic characters usually. Yeah. 
and for you to do this to me is super funny. Uh, I have to say that I am a little bit proud. I think Guston the two the toucan is like pretty great. That is I like that is like to be made I like toucans, so that's yeah. really good. <laughs> All right, um, Brad. The next thing on the list that is like killing me that I haven't played myself is the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. DLC. So that came out. What was it? Uh, Thursday night. Shadow dropped. Yeah. Out now. Yeah. I was like, wow. Story driven Zelda DLC so Shadow Drop. I haven't played all of it. I've probably played mm, three hours of it. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna. It takes place after if you do all the four beasts within the game. Mm-hmm. Then you. Okay. They go. Hey, go back to the shrine that you started the game at. And they're like, here you're gonna do these trials, blah blah blah, and you get this. Uh, this weird weapon, and they're like, you have to go to these four points in the map and kill all the guys here. It's on the Great Plateau. All of them are on the Great Plateau, but they're the weapon you get kills everything in one hit. Oh, it needs wow. to charge for a few seconds, so but the catch is you die in one hit, oh, no matter what. If you're using it, yeah, okay, so, and you have to use it, okay. But uh, you actually could use your bow. I found out also, which helps a lot. So you go around to these locations with uh, bacoblins running around, mostly some moblins. You kill them at all four locations, then these uh, shrines pop up near the the beasts, and each one of these is Cass. So he's talking about how he wants to finish a ballad about certain uh, the champions that his master is writing, and at each of these points, there's three separate maps, and you have to find with like a trial on each of them. They're essentially the trials that the champions went through yeah. to become champions. So okay. you have to do these trials. The game does not tell you, like, when you open up your map, where they are exactly. So what I did is, there are three pillars with the pictures. I, I took pictures of each of them, and I have to you have to track them down. And essentially, so for some of them, maybe you have to uh, kill a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. Or you have to run, a lot of them are running through rings. So I was like, this is very Superman 64 right here. Yeah. But not, not, not terrible. Okay. <laughs> not terrible. So, but then when you do all these brand new shrines, and some of these shrines... You also had one hit to do. Yeah. Now, one of them, Ben, reminded me of going through a Super Mario level or like a Castlevania level. There's giant spike traps swinging around, like conveyor belts of spikes. Like you're going to go through this gauntlet of traps. Yeah. You get hit once, it's over, man. So you're going to die a lot, which okay. is cool because, I mean, you don't die a lot in that game usually. Well, the see- game gives you a lot of opportunities, especially later on when you understand how things work. When I when I think about Breath of the Wild, uh, my favorite experience with Breath of the Wild was Eventide Island, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. how daunting that challenge felt. But in spite of how daunting it was and and what it did to you, I always felt like I could get through it. Mm-hmm. I tried it multiple times, but I, I always felt like I was just getting one step closer to getting through it. So when you're dying a lot here, th- does it does it feel like that? Does it feel reasonable? Do you feel like you're learning, or is yes. it just kind of frustrating? Yeah, I mean. I guess it'd be frustrating dying sometimes when you just get hit when you don't see a guy or something like that. You're like, sure. oh, damn. But uh, I thought the shrines are going through was really fun. I mean, I like I like doing shrines because I like the puzzles and oh, everything yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, the shrines are great. So there's new shrines, which is good. And when you complete the three shrines for a specific um, champion or whatever, you get a little story, a context about them, mm-hmm. like how they become the champion, stuff like that, a little story thing. I've only done two so far, so I haven't finished everything yet. But apparently when you finish everything, you get the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. I really want. Yeah, I want the motorcycle as well. Um, heard from people that it it's not great. The so motorcycle? I've, I've tempered my expectations a little bit because I was so excited for it uh, when they revealed it during the Game mm-hmm. Awards. Um, but 
a very big important question for me to you mm-hmm. is one of the biggest reasons that I'm excited uh, about playing through Champions Ballad mm-hmm. is learning more about the champions. Mm-hmm. Characters that I really liked in mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild and definitely wanted to know more than they gave me. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel like that happens here? Yeah, you learn a little more. Like Each individual mm-hmm. thing is the characters with Princess Zelda mm-hmm. and their interactions with the princess. And there's okay. some events that happen. And some of them, I am slightly disappointed. I was hoping for a little more, maybe. Mm-hmm. I was hoping for a little more grand story, so far, yeah, I haven't ran into that. It feels like nice, just it feels like nice little side quests right now. Okay, it doesn't feel like a, a nice continuation of the story or something like that. Okay, I haven't finished it though, so I don't know. Okay, but I'm having fun doing it. But you do feel like you're learning things about the champions, yeah, you learn more about the champions, which is nice. Okay, um, next question with these shrines that you're doing, mm-hmm. you're going around and you're doing these different objectives. Uh, obviously, you have this new weapon that kind of is. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I forgot to mention. Once you do the original four things where you battle the guys, yeah, you you don't have to use that anymore. You can cool. use your normal stuff. Um, do you feel like that kind of thing, that gimmick, makes this feel substantially different from from core Breath of the Wild, or do you feel like essentially this is an extension of that game? Extension. Okay. It doesn't feel completely different. Like Breath of the Wild, a lot about is solving. The puzzles out in the world. Yeah. Sometimes the the world itself is the kind of quote unquote dungeon right, of the right, game. Right. I feel like, and this just adds on to that more. You did every shrine in Breath Correct. of the Wild, right? Correct. Okay, so you're somebody that's played a lot of Breath of the Wild. Um, is this different enough for you? Were you were you satisfied by it? Like it's uh, well, I haven't beat it yet. I'm right. having fun doing it. Right. But it hasn't blown me away. Okay. Okay. Which what I'm hoping. Which what I was hoping for, obviously. Okay. But it's it's good. It's nice good. little context here and there. I like doing the shrines. It's fun. Sure. So I'll see how it pans out at the end. Would you be open to more DLC for Breath of the Wild down the line? <sighs> I mean, it just depends how substantial it is. Sure. Like I would want if they did another DLC, I would, it would have to be story yeah. kind of thing, more real deal story. Well, I, I was thinking too. You know, I just figured that since there were those places where you could kind of see beyond the map, that yeah. Like, I mean, I was hoping we would that go too. to a new, completely new region, and so yeah, it was, it's, yeah. It was a little disappointing to yeah, hear that. Yeah, like you don't. no new environment really right. yet. Which the is fact that it's weird. all taking place in the Great Plateau is a little. Oh weird. yeah, just that part. Like you oh, go throughout the start oh, there, okay. but it's okay. it's all stuff you've been at before. Gotcha. Yeah, it's no gotcha. new new land, which is kind of like you have this huge world that you could do stuff with, and they just didn't take it anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, I have to tell you, I haven't done either the first DLC or the second DLC. Mm-hmm. It's something that I'm a little bit worried about. I, I really believe that I am going to go through and, and play those DLC, uh, but I really love Breath of the Wild. It mm-hmm. was a very special game to me uh, where I just enjoyed getting lost in it, mm-hmm. and I, I'm kind of worried about getting burned out. Like, I would hate to get to the end of the second DLC and be like, oh, man, like, this, this extra stuff kind of... Mm-hmm took the specialness out of that uh, initial adventure, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't burned me out. Uh, the first DLC, for example, the Challenge Room things, yeah, I really liked nice. it. I thought it was really fun, actually. It was, cool. Like, you were talking about even Tide Island. It's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just gets crazy. Sure. You have to use all your knowledge for, throughout the whole game. Did you enjoy those challenges more than what you've been presented in um, Champions Ballad so far? I don't know. I like the shrines. I like doing the puzzles. Like that's right. a part of Zelda I really like is going through the puzzles and everything like sure. that. They're they're just both real different. Are there any more motion control puzzles? Um barely, but they weren't it wasn't like the golf swing or anything like okay. that where you like super focused. Like okay. it wasn't anything crazy like that. 
All right. You're not rotating a staircase or anything. Blood, what's your shrine count on Breath of the Wild? Oh, R- roughly. I don't, I don't know what the actual count is at sure. the moment because it's been a while since I've actually been able to boot it up. Uh, uh, are you excited about Champions Battle? Is that something you want to get to? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely get to it. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm just... Now that I'm through with my reviews for the year, you yeah. know, like Zelda, getting back into Zelda and, and finishing that up is the next thing on my list. So, uh, uh, you know, like, you know, I've, like, I, it's funny because at the beginning of the year when it came out, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, explore this whole world and I don't care if I'm still playing it at Christmas. And here we are. I'm about yeah. to still be playing it at Christmas. Right. But, yep. you know, I've only done three of the four Divine Beasts, you yeah. know, <laughs> because that's, that's just, you know, and and now because I do want to get to that and and to play more Persona, like I probably will be a bit more focused on doing quests and side quests rather than just like wandering all over every single mountain. But um, but uh, yeah, definitely definitely gonna put some more time into it. Yeah, uh, the DLC adds a few items too, along with additional armor. There's okay. there's new armor you can like track down. Like essentially, if you haven't gotten any of the DLC armor is you go somewhere and you read like notes about how to get something gives you a quest to find armor like it's scattered throughout the world in chests. Yeah. So for example, there's the Phantom Ganon outfit from Ocarina of Time. Very nice. They can get stuff like that. The other one, the other DLC before it had Tingle. Yeah. Or the the knights from Spirit Tracks, I think. You could wear their armor and stuff like that. I just love Phantom Ganon. Yeah. Yeah, we all do. Yeah, yeah. I did I did uh, mess about a little bit with some of those um this extra quest they added with the first DLC, mm-hmm. and what I liked was that like they gave you some pretty cryptic clues. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's just like that again. Where, where yeah. these things are, and like, okay, uh, I think I get what this is. Yeah, and yeah. Trying to look around the map and and figure out what yeah. it, what it's referring to. Yeah, this one, some of it's a little more straightforward. Like one of the things is go to Hyrule Castle. It'll be around this area in Hyrule Castle or something like that. But a nice addition is they added a uh, an item or a a saddle you could put on your horse and something else i forgot it was hmm. but essentially you, oh the ancient yeah you're yeah. able to call your horse anywhere you're at oh, now nice. so you don't have to run to the stable you can yes. just push it on a button oh wow so and you could give it an upgrade so it gets like two extra boosts or something like that okay. but you can't use it in the desert like in the normal game you can't right. use a horse but it is nice not having to walk oh, yeah. to a stable is that, that like is that something that improvement only applies to that saddle, or is that just in general? Like it's use- just the saddle. You have to use the saddle. It's like ancient armored saddle or something like that. Okay. Uh, blood. Earlier in the show, <laughs> I described that moment where like, oh, the last three months of my life have been just racing games. Like you've been mm-hmm. doing a slew of them. I have to tell you, uh, I was on my Switch a lot playing Xenoblade for review, and every once in a while, like very late at night, I would see you playing Super Mario Odyssey, yeah. and I just had in my head like. Blood's treating himself. Yeah. He's just kicking back. <laughs> He's having a good hanging time. Hanging out in New Dunk City. Yeah. Is that kind of what, what the mentality was there with Odyssey? Uh, yeah. Well, I also had a little bit. There was a little bit of a crunch at the end because we were talking about it on Friend Code, too. Oh, sure. And so, like, I literally, like, beat Odyssey and then had to drive here to record Friend Code. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So, there's still some post-game stuff I haven't gotten to and that, like, I haven't really gone to the dark side of the moon. Um, because again, like yeah, like with Zelda, I'm like just having enough fun exploring and figuring out where stuff is in the worlds that I've already been to. Yeah. Um, you were talking about you know kind of extending out Breath of the Wild and playing it over a long period of time, and you, you reminded me of a very specific point in my life. I don't know if you guys had this experience either, but when I was very, very, very young, 
uh, I was limited with the games that I had, uh, either just due to rental times or, you know, whatever my parents gave me or whatever it was. And I was also, my attention span wasn't great. (laughs) I would get stuck a lot more easily and all this stuff. And I remember playing Ocarina of Time, which was really my first Zelda. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, it took me, like, a year. Like, an entire year. And uh, while I enjoy binging games and playing a lot of games and and, and finishing multiple games a month, I also kind of miss the joy that, that limitations beyond your control can give you because, like, finishing a game felt like a huge achievement. Like I had just evolved as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it also, I think kind of made it feel like a journey and it made it feel like I was spending more time really appreciating each individual area. I mean, like I feel like Ocarina of Time is burned into my brain, uh, a lot more deeply than other games just because of the, the sheer number of months that I spent just running around in it. So, uh, I miss that sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I remember when I beat Zelda one the first time when I was yeah. younger Man, I had to go through, like, so many steps to beat that game. Nintendo power. Yeah. Calling the Nintendo hotline. Uh-huh. Did you draw your own maps? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. Had to, man. Because, like, could just look it up. Yeah. Good luck. Blood, I... This is just on me, but I feel like, for just personally, you win the award for what is this game <laughs> on Frame Trap, and that is is Spin Tires. So what is oh, wait, Spin Tires? Oh, you want Spin Tires. Okay. Oh, no, wait. <coughs> I think I wrote down Spin Tires, but you said Danger Zone. Yeah. Let's talk about What's Danger, Danger Zone. What's Danger Zone? What's Danger Zone? Okay. Either way. Um, that was my mistake. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Danger Zone, I, I did a stream, was it last week? I guess it was last week. Um but yeah, I've had it kind of on my backlog for a bit. It's been out for I don't know, say a month or two maybe. Uh, but it's uh, it's from some of the original uh, Criterion team members, uh, and so Alex Ward and, and those guys. They have a s- small studio now called Three Fields Entertainment, and so the entire game is just burnout crash junctions. Um, it's just crash mode, and and it's like $15, I guess, and it's super simple. Like, there's no music. Everything is Whoa. kind of in a test chamber, and it almost literally looks like they just lifted it out of Burnout 3. Like, <laughs> like the technology looks about the same, like, okay. in terms of making this stuff how it looks. Okay. Um, I'm not even sure that the cars crash as much or, or crumple as much as Burnout 3 does. Um but uh, yeah, so I was I was kind of not sure because uh, they also did Dangerous Golf and like I know they like did some patches and stuff afterwards. But like when we first played it, it was like yeah, Dangerous Golf didn't yeah, re- didn't, didn't really hit with us. I don't think I played it beyond what we did, but I boy was not feeling yeah. that game. Uh, but uh, but this is it's just pretty much straight up that and and I was I was so I was n- nervous about it, but once I started getting into it. Like, it just feels like this great, like, no-pressure, casual, mm-hmm. you know, like, thing you would pick up and pass the controller around, like, when you go home for the holidays or something. You know, it's just... Because you can you can get through a, a level pretty easily, but r- the real challenge is to, like, get all of those pickups. Right. They have little cash bonus pickups. And so, like, if you get all of the bronze and all the silver pickups then the gold pickup appears but you also have the you know the crash breaker things where you basically like push the button and it like 
creates an explosion mm -hmm. and sends everything around you flying, but it also gives you that momentum uh, to be able to fly towards another part of the, the map. Um, so as you were getting into it and as, yeah. as things were getting more difficult over time, uh, were you finding, like, how easily were you kind of getting those top marks, I guess? Um, that's the thing. Like, I would, I would have to, you know, repeat, just keep repeat, repeat. Because sometimes... Sure. Uh, it's one of those things where, um, sort of like with the Dark Souls boss, like sometimes like your first run, it's like, oh yeah, I got this. And then the next run, you're just like, dead end into right. the first intersection and don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And just trying to figure out like exactly like the right momentum to have. Um, and, I, and at first, I really didn't like the idea of everything being in a test junction. And, it, and, it, and the first couple of levels are really bad about it too because it's like this low ceiling like you're in a parking garage mm -hmm. kind of feel and like everything just feels really cramped and there's no like color to it some of the later levels do like have sky do feel like they're kind of more open freeways but it's all sort of hologram based it's all very made to feel like no this isn't really happening you're not really hurting anybody kind oh, of thing weird. Right. um but um but what's cool about that in a way is that it just allows them to like design any kind of bizarre level so you don't have to feel like this is a re like what a real road would be like um and so there was one where you have to like do this huge jump and then like aim at one line of traffic going this way cross another line of traffic going that way and then fall off the edge of that road into a tunnel that's down below that you can't even see mm -hmm. at that point. And then, you know, somehow like pick up a crash breaker there and then blast yourself to the other side of the tunnel to like be able to hit all of those cars and get to the gold. I can't tell if that sounds amazingly fun or just extremely frustrating. Um, <laughs> I don't think he can it's either. Not, it's not frustrating to me. I, again, it's just like, I, you know, I think it's just one of those things, and, and it's not really racing, but it's like one of the things about racing games is like there's always that sense of, you know, like you, you practice and you can get a little bit better. And I think sure. and that's with, with this. It's like, okay, if I just hit the, like I got to just figure out like how to hit these angles right to like hit all of these points on the, the junction. Um but uh, but there are some like again being kind of budget. It's there are some things that just don't really work um, from that old style of of how the technology is set up because it's like for one like you can't really move the camera that much. It's just kind of like on a flat plane and circle around. And so there are times <laughs> where you you kind of can't see where you're supposed to go or or, or uh, until like okay now I've done it once. Let me do it again and like. Mm -hmm. try to position myself towards that you know like when something's below you you can't really see that the other thing that that doesn't really work is you know how they would uh burnout two and three once you finished the the thing they would like circle around and yep. like count up like all the damage that you yep. did it's so slow and tedious oh. it's like just skip it just just mm. not it's not fun at all to just look at a bunch of cars sitting there in a jumble i always like in in something like that where they're showing you like piece by piece everything that you did in that section when you can like hold a button and kind of fast forward through it like sure. where you can control the speed and one thing that it, that hurts that too is because these are like holographic things you actually get more points 
um, if you knock stuff off the road because then it like falls into this like black void. Mm-hmm. But the result of that is the road is just kind of empty. Sure. Like you don't see a bunch of cars piled on top of each other or anything because mm-hmm. everything just blasted off the side. Um, so I just really feel like with that, like it would just, it would be, to me, it would be better to have like some kind of, you know, replay system in there because there's so much stuff that you don't even see happened. Like you're focused on where your car is at and you're moving on. And meanwhile, like all of these things are jamming into each other behind you is like semi trucks, you know, with a bunch of, you know, exploding barrels off the back and that tips over and causes all this stuff. And like, meanwhile, you're just like, I'm just trying to get to this other thing. <laughs> It'd be great to get a replay of like recap. Okay, this crazy thing happened when you weren't looking, and this happened, and this happened. Yeah, but but like I said, like it still has that that element that those uh, Burnout Two and Three had, where yeah. Just, yeah, like I would love to just sit down with somebody for a few hours and just pass the controller around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it would be a good group stream game. Uh, but you were talking about it being a, a budget title. Are there a lot of challenges? I mean, have you already been through everything? Or no, definitely like not. Like lot? I only streamed it for two hours or so, okay. um, and a lot and a lot of that was just totally repeating um, things just to try to get better scores. There are leaderboards, so you can oh. right away see, you know, like how your score stacks up. Um, so if you like, you know, if you like, you're in the thousands. Okay, you probably didn't do that good. If you get up to you know yeah. 100 or 200 on the leaderboard, you're doing all right. How much is it? Uh, I think it's $15. Okay. I think somebody in chat looked it up and it was about $15. Okay. And is that just PC? Uh, no, I was playing it on Xbox. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I mean, it's one of those things where I really like Crash Mode and Burnout and mm-hmm. want to give it a shot. Sure. want to give it a shot. Uh, the last game on our list for the, the what have we been playing segment of Frame Trap uh, is something that I've talked about before and so I'm not going to spend too much time on it uh, but I've been playing a, more Mega Man uh, I've just been oh, in a yeah. Mega Man mood and the Mega Man 11 announcement certainly didn't help mm. but this uh, this started before that and uh, what's interesting now is playing several different titles back to back I always love doing that when I can normally I don't have the luxury but playing back to back through a series you really get to compare and contrast you know where they were at this point in time and how things changed. So I finished Mega Man 9, and Mega Man 9 is one of the best Mega Mm. Man games that I've played uh, for reasons that I'll get into, but I just want to say you were talking about uh, that that spirit of repetition. And fighting Dr. Wily and Mega Man 9, like, the first time I did it, so it has three phases. The first time I did it, I was like, I, I don't know if I could do this. And the reason why I didn't play more Mega Man 9 when it came out is because I just got my butt kicked. Um, yeah. But I still yeah, got... Yeah, that game and both of those, 9 and 10, are really hard. Yeah, I need to play through 10, and it's I'm, I'm getting there, mm. um, and I'm really excited about it just because of how much I enjoyed mine. But in general, like, I... The Wily Castle stages in 9 use elements from the, the prior stages, but they mix them together in a way that, that feels different. Like, they're actually really, really interesting stages. And I want to talk about Mega Man 8 in just a second, which I don't think does that. Um, but it was a fight, like, that... The first part of the Wily fight, he shoots out this ball that'll bounce on the ground, and you have to jump and shoot your Mega Buster to bounce it off Wily, and as you're bouncing it around, it'll crack more and more, and you need it to explode on him. And so it's almost like you're playing this tennis match with the first form of Wily, where the only way that you can damage him is by volleying 
this huge ball back and forth and just trying to find that rhythm. Like it was really fun. It was really creative. It was really cool. Um, the second part is just pattern recognition. Uh, and then the third part is just, you know, classic capsule Wiley, but it was really fun going through all that. But, mm-hmm. uh, the thing that I want to comment on Mega Man 9 and compare and contrast here is the, the different weapons. So the boss weapons, I felt like, especially during the Wily Castle stages in Mega Man 9, pretty much, not every, all, not all of my weapons, but the majority of my weapons were so valuable. Oh. Like, when I when I was out, I, it, I, it was just significantly harder. And I felt like there were so many times in Mega Man 9 where I'd be like, I wonder if I can use a weapon this way. And then, I, then you can, and you can uh, do it. And it's not just for killing things. Like, there are a bunch of creative ways that you can kill things, but you can use, like, the concrete block to create an additional platform so you can get up somewhere. Um, and even just... Uh, in the Wily Castle stages, the way that they encourage you to use Rush Coil and Rush Jet, like those things feel really, really, really valuable. And uh, then I played through Mega Man 8, which is a much easier game in general, which is fine. Um, and it is a game that I always adored as a kid. It was one of my favorite Mega Man games as a kid, uh, which is something that I talked about at the Beach House. But what I don't like about Mega Man 8 is coming uh, fresh off of 9, I feel like it's not that the boss weapons aren't useful, but you never really need them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Wily Castle stages, it's like, here's this one thing that we did in a previous stage. It's like, here's the snowboarding thing. We're just going to make that way longer and harder. And that's fine, but just from a level design standpoint, it's not as fun to go through. It's not as memorable. Um, and just all of the boss fights felt pretty simple. Um, I just didn't feel that creativity mm-hmm. uh, that I felt with Mega Man 9, those those kind of exciting aha moments. And it's it's just kind of weird, I think, a game that you liked as a kid. And I think the reason I liked it was, one, Mega Man 8 has a ton of personality. I mean, Yeah, it's the, the presentation of that game. It's a yeah. strong suit. Absolutely. I mean, the, the boss is talking to you, mm-hmm. um, saying things like, I love the personality of Aquaman and Tengu Man and Clown Man. Um, some people find them annoying, but I thought they were really cool. And just how bright and colorful mm-hmm. those stages are. You know, you think of Clown Man stage, you're going through this toy wonderland. Uh, it's so cool. But from a mechanic standpoint, it really let me down. And just as a kid, I think I liked it because it was so much easier yeah. than other Mega Mans. And it's just kind of uh, fascinating to realize how much our perspective on games and what we value as good or bad uh, depends on where we're coming from in terms of knowledge and experience and just where we are in our lives. And so that... I thought was really cool. And I just, like, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed in Mega Man 8, but then after I finished 8, uh, I started playing 7, and I'm four Robot Masters into 7. That's Super Nintendo, right? Yeah. Mega Man 7 is one of the Mega Man games that I have the least experience with. Yeah, I don't have yeah. a lot with that. Um, <clears throat> just because I didn't, uh, like, have a Super Nintendo. Well, it was, like, and on X. I mean, Super Nintendo's, like, it's X. Time. Right, exactly. It, right. Playing that's, X. that's the other thing, is X was always felt more emphasized yeah. to me uh, than 7 did. And I... Everything I read about 7 is it's like, oh, you know, it's it's cool, but it's just another Mega Man game. And I guess, like, in a very broad sense that that's true. Mm-hmm. But one, I think it feels so much better than 8. Uh, it feels really tight. The levels feel really well designed. The boss fights are challenging, but you really have to think about them. Um, it's got more presentation in it than, than the other Mega Mans, uh, but... I, I feel like it's not too much, like it's not bogging you down. Yeah, but it was—I don't know if it was just because like the outside perspective on it was so harsh. But I thought, like, from what I've played so far, Mega Man Seven is a lot more solid, uh, tighter, Ooh. and interesting than I thought it was going to be. Ooh. So I've been—I've been impressed with that so far. But yeah, I'm excited to polish off Seven, go through Ten, and then have yeah. all of 
Legacy Collection 2 wrapped up. When I think about the evolution of Mega Man, and just how much more intrusive the story and cutscenes are as it goes on. Yeah. Well, what's funny is you kind of see that trend with Mega Man 7 and 8 and mm-hmm. then 9. Like, yes, there is story. Yes, there are scenes where they're talking, but it's it's almost non-existent. Yeah, really. they dial back hard on those yeah. ones. But I'm yeah. what I'm thinking of, like, going to the X Games and everything like that, how oh, yeah. those games yeah. evolve. Definitely. Just, like, just doing this a lot, trying to skip through text yeah. with some dumb robot talking. I mean, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are the Mega Man games, Brad, for you that, that really stick out? Uh, three sticks out for me because nice. it's the one I owned growing up. Okay, and it's a really good Mega Man game. Yeah. It's really good because um, I love the slide. Yeah, I, they introduced the slide three. Yep, uh, that uh, was actually something you that you bring up. So uh, playing through nine, you don't have the slide. Yeah, you don't have the charge shot either, right? Right, and I I have some personal quibbles with the charge shot, but when I went into eight and I had the slide and I was dodging things that I would not have been able to dodge mm-hmm. unless I yeah. had the slide, I was like. It's how, you they need implement. The slide. it's how they implement in you the game. You need the yeah. slide. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, like same with the charge shot. I think the charge shot's better in the X games. Mm-hmm. It's way more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, X, super familiar with. Yep. Uh, X4, yep. Prob- maybe even more familiar. Yeah. No, really familiar with that. Um, I don't know if the, the internet, well, they probably two, the internet can find anything. Two, obviously. I don't like Mega Man 1, so I don't play that one. Yeah, uh... I've been chipping away at Mega Man One, yeah, and I don't like one. just they—you can definitely tell they did not n- nail the the tightness of of Mega Man yet. Like that is a yeah. very slippery game. Like what I hate about Mega Man is the boo, like the platforms that appear. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The like, that's Rocks, my least favorite yeah, thing like in Mega the, Man. Period. Stop it! Yep, Never do yep. that again. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. Um, but like four, five, six. I think I have six. Yeah. Is that one where he's like red on the cover in the yeah, jetpack? Yeah, yeah, yeah I have yeah, that. Yeah. But I'm not familiar, like super familiar with all those. Yeah, I'm not super. I, I've played like, a good I've chunk of a four, lot of them, but I'm yeah. not super familiar with five or mm-hmm. six either. Um, but, but the X games, like, I'm way more familiar with. Nice. Uh, our stream of X4 at Game Trailers is one of my favorite yeah, streams. Yeah, that was a good stream. If, I don't think that's one that a lot of people see as a fun stream. Was that an hour? Did we used to do hour streams? Yeah, we used to do hour streams. Wow. <laughs> Things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, we almost like beat that game in an hour. Yeah. Um, Blood, I, I don't think I've ever really talked to you about Mega Man. You've always seemed to me like you have some experience with it. Yeah. Where, do, where do you fall? Yeah, I mean, 2 definitely is probably my favorite. I like 3 a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty sure I played 4 and 5, but don't have that strong of a memory because I think it was just rentals mm-hmm. um, and then X1, X2 um, and then just yeah after that it was probably just more random scattershot things like I played a little bit of the GameCube one whatever it came out the network transmission or whatever it was mm-hmm. yeah my, my my Mega Man experience is all over the place um, like I've played a lot of X1 and a lot of X4 but have never played X2 and X3 oh, okay. so I'm really excited for that collection the, baby the, the collection whatever that form that ends up taking the releases um, I've never played uh, Battle Network and I like, haven't played those people, either people swear by those games uh, I really want to check those out so obviously yeah. we've played Legends too for yeah, yeah. yeah Mega mm-hmm. Man Legends yeah. heck yeah uh, yeah but I just there's so many Mega Man games, though. There are. There's there are so many Mega, so Man. Yeah. many Mega Man games. There's so games. many Mega Man games. And I don't know if I'm just hitting Mega Man fever right now or what hey, it man. is. But I'm just going through this collection, and I was like, okay, after I finish 9, like I'll probably feel good for a while. I need to cool off. And I'm like, no. Ride that wave, I'm, man. I'm riding Ride the wave, wave, Brad. Ride the wave, dude. Like, I want, 
I just want to go through them all. Like yeah, I'm just. What's nice, I think, and we were talking about this before the show, is uh, we were all lamenting at like how long everything is. Like this feels like a year where yeah. we are flooding in quality releases, but it's like, why is everything 50 hours long? Like everything is so long, and I think I think the reason why I'm not getting burned out on Mega Man is like three hours. Yeah, boom, quick three done, hours, you're done. And yeah. it feels good, and it's 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 a super satisfying three yeah, hours. Complete. It's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's an intense three hours where you're working your butt off mm-hmm. trying to get through those yeah, stages. Definitely. Um, and so that feels really fun. Yeah, I was actually really surprised when I went back through uh, Mega Man 2 for Backtrack. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, oh, oh, man, this this episode's easy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it was like, because I had done, I think I had already done Chrono Cross at that point. Maybe not yet. Or maybe I was working on Chrono Cross at the same time because that mm-hmm. was like, I knew that was going to take forever. So, like, I did mm-hmm. that throughout, you know, the whole season or whatever while other things were being worked on at the same time. And, that that's when I also was getting uh, Brandon and Patrick in there to do some episodes too. Nice. I uh, I don't know if I've se- oh no I have I've seen the Mega Man epi- two episode of Backtrack but I want to go back and see if I can. Yeah. Find that. Video game music man. Uh, it is time. I'm very excited about this. This is a, this is a a more involved one than we've done in a while. It's it's a lighthearted one but it's an involved one. It is time for the one. The only okay. <laughs> How'd you feel about that, Brad? That was loud. It was loud. <laughs> that it's was like a loud. sonic boom. Just yeah. boom. Oh, I have to tell you a story real quick about tell me. me screaming Hotake. Tell me. Uh, there was this guy. He came up to me. I. I'm super bad with names. I, if you're listening, I apologize. I forgot your name. <laughs> but he came up to me and he told me a hilarious story. He was like, I was listening to Frame Trap and my windows rolled down and there was a really pretty girl that walked by <laughs> and it was right when she was walking by is the moment that you screamed Hotake and he said, I believe this were the, these were his words, he said, she gave me a really nasty look. Whoa. Yeah, so Frame Trap, dangerous for public consumption. Yeah, some guy told me he fell asleep to the Easy Allies podcast yeah. and did my sign off where I was yelling and you woke for fans. He's like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. But I just thought that was a pretty wonderful yeah, story. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we did this uh, last year, I think. I'm really bad with time. Uh, I think we did this around the last year. And uh, it's, it's kind of different. It's not exactly the same thing. But what I've done, what I have done, esteemed panel, is I have made a list of games. Uh, that is coming out, supposed to be coming out in 2018, that has mm-hmm. had some sort of official announcement. Mm. And I'm going to go through the list. And the reason why you have note cards, uh, we're needing to get a pen for you, Brad. I'm going to get one. Okay, go get, go get a pen while I'm explaining this. Uh, the reason you have note cards is I'm going to go through this huge list, and uh, what I want you to write down, what I want you to be in the mindset of, is collectively, what we're going to do, I love making us look like idiots. So we're yeah. going to... We're going to look like big idiots. Xenoblade is not coming out in 2017. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We are uh, going to try to make what we think are going to be Easy Allies top five games of the year. Now, some of these games on this list that we've played, we have all different levels of experience. We've played some of these they've barely announced. We need to collectively decide, group effort, what we think this time next year is going to be Easy Allies Top five games of the year. Okay. So I'm going to go through this huge list. Okay. You write down things that jump out at you. Okay. All right? I've named this Google Drive document building the list. All right. I'm going to write them down, too. 
All right, so right out, right out the gate, Nino Kuni two. Uh, I didn't include every game coming out in 2018. I just included games that I thought had a shot. Sure. So there's definitely some uh, bias there for sure. Nino Kuni two, Dragon Ball Fighters, Monster Hunter World, Shadow of the Colossus, Dynasty Warriors nine, Secret of Mana, Sea of Thieves, Yakuza six. A Way Out, Far Cry 5, Ace Combat 7, Anthem, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, Code Vein, Concrete Genie, Crackdown 3, Darksiders 3, Dauntless, Days Gone, Detroit Become Human, Dragon Quest Builders 2, Dragon Quest XI, Dreams, God of War, Kingdom Hearts 3, Left Alive, Mega Man 11, Metro Exodus, Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire. I just want to say, just because it took, I had to look it up too. I, I'd forgotten, like, I was like, wait, is Left Alive that thing? Left Alive is the, uh, the the set in the front mission universe that game oh so okay if you'd forgotten that that's what that is uh project Oct- project octopath traveler psychonauts 2 red dead redemption 2 shenmue 3 <laughs> spider-man <clears throat> state of decay 2 soul caliber 6 system shock the wolf among us season 2 Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. Fire Emblem Switch. Sorry, there are three more. Fire Emblem Switch, Valkyria Chronicles 4, and World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth. Uh, I'm sure there are things that I'm Yeah, forgetting. can I see that list again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was absolutely. a hell of a lot of games. It was a like, lot of games. I couldn't write yeah. fast enough. And if there's anything that panel you think I have forgotten that needs to be on there, let me know. Okay. I got oh, Blood. Three. You wrote... Way more names than I was expecting. Well, I'm just... Yeah. I was just trying to remember Sorting. all the names you were doing yeah. and I was going to sure. start naming I them. went a little fast, to be fair. I went a little fast. Hmm. I feel like I have a good lock on some of them. Yeah, there's one in particular where I'm like, I, I don't think we're going to be able to dispute this. Uh, the next phase of this, what I want to do is I kind of... If you guys can, I want to get, to get you down to like a personal list of mm-hmm. between 5 and 10. And then I want to see what the similarities are uh, between all three of us. Because I've, I've narrowed it down to five. I've picked five from that list uh, that I think would be good. In fact, my list that I've narrowed down to five, uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4, Red Dead Redemption 2, and I was thinking about Easy Allies as a whole when I was doing this, Red Dead Redemption 2, God of War, Dragon Quest Eleven, and then what's the last one I have there at the very bottom? Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds that's that's Ben's list. What's Uh, Brad's list? There are things that were very hard to leave off. Were Yakuza Six, Nino Kuni Two, Soul Calibur Six, Travis Strikes Again, Spider Man, Kingdom Hearts Three. No uh, Lost Fear on there, dude. Feels bad. No Lost Fear. You want to add Lost Fear? (laughs) We can add (laughs) Lost Fear. I didn't have less fear on there. All right, so 
to open up this discussion, I know you guys are trying to process it a lot mm-hmm. right now. I know that's kind of the nature of this, uh, so no worries. But one that I think, just thinking about Easy Allies as a whole, thinking about the first game, uh, I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is a lock. Yeah. I think to me, that, that's the one I felt the strongest about. Yep, that's the one I feel the strongest about, too. I, I think... I feel so confident in saying uh-huh. Red Dead Redemption 2 is probably going to be one of Easy Allies' favorite Absolutely. games of 2018. Absolutely. So I'm going I'm to mark that down. I'm going to lock that in stone. Lock it in. All right. Now, uh, there are other things that I feel strongly about, but none as strong as that. Do you have any strong contenders? I feel like Shenmue, if it comes out, will be on there. Especially because, like... Mike has this way of just being super aggressive <laughs> about games. He does. And he will if this wasn't on the list, he would quit. Okay, Brad, I uh, I'm trying to come at this the right way. We're like I don't know if any of us love anything as much as Hubert loves Shenmue. And Michael Huber is extremely convincing and very aggressive, yeah. as you said. Um, and I'm super excited about Shenmue 3. I really want to play it. I'm excited for it to come out. I just don't know if if we'll I've seen well. I don't know if I've seen enough to give me confidence mm-hmm. that it'll be like one of our best games of the well, year. Right. Even, you, so even you just putting on this list, I don't think it's going to happen this next year. Sure, and so I just I just don't know if Shenmue right. Three has given me enough of confidence. I think God of War will be a big one. I think God of War will be a big one. I too. think we'll all enjoy that, and I feel like we've seen a lot of that game that has been very promising. Mm-hmm. And I, I personally am super into the direction they're taking yeah. it. Blood, how do you feel about God of War? Um, I feel more interested about God of War than I've ever felt about a God of War. Okay, I like that. I've never played them, largely because of, you know, super angry Kratos ripping limbs apart. Like, it's just never been my thing. Sure. Did did it feel shallow to you? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily shallow, but it's just, yeah, yeah, it just hasn't appealed to me, that kind of stuff, you know. Well, the sex mini games and just the whole nine yards has just not been my vibe. So it's sure. been one of those things where you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to play this. So, but this one, it just, I don't know. It feels like more of a, more of a fleshed out world. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I've in you know, like the scale of God of War has always been interesting, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I've been very curious from the trailers that they've had with this game. Uh, so, Blood, the the real question is, do you feel confident enough in it that you're willing... We only have five spots. We have a lot of games. Are you confident enough in it that it will be one of our five favorite games of the year? I think it could be. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm putting it down. That's the second game to take the slot. So the thing is, is it starts easy, it gets harder. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that someone would like to throw out kingdom hearts 3 kingdom hearts this 3. is the payoff dude we a lot of us are caught up yeah kyle's caught up i'm caught up yeah you're pr- you're pretty much caught i'm pretty up. much caught huber's up. pretty much caught up. He will be for three damiani's yeah. gonna play it you know the only, the only two i don't or three is you brandon and ian brad i really want to play kingdom hearts 3 mm-hmm. the the demo that we got i actually thought was really cool it's just one with every with the, the life cycle of Kingdom Hearts three, I'm worried that it's gonna get pushed out somehow. That it's oh yeah, happen. I mean, I'm surprised oh, that you put it on this list. Yeah. Right, I'm but just they, going they, by what's on this list. I'm just going they're by what's on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I'm, you know, I think it's always fair to be hesitant to things that have been as drawn out mm-hmm. as Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, but that, those are my concerns. The thing that, um, when I'm putting this on there is a lot of her stuff is like, not everyone even likes. Like, we don't agree sure. on everything. Like, I, Last Guardian yeah. won our game of the year, and Mike and Ian hate that game. Yep. So I think it's definitely possible for it to be on there. Yeah, and I I think you're coming at it from the right perspective. Is When I say, like, what is our favorite game, mm-hmm. I think the one that registers with us the most. We, a lot of allies care about Kingdom Hearts a lot, and I mm-hmm. think that's, that's a very strong reason to consider it, um, and are just so anxious to know uh, what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a fair argument. Blood, I don't, I don't know where you fall in Kingdom Hearts oh, three. Yeah. Do you think you have enough confidence <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts three to put I, this on yeah, the list? Yeah, I, it's, it's just this thing where I'm completely checked out. Like it does okay. not. I, I, I just. There have been times <laughs> where, like, when Brad's streaming and I will be sucked into whatever weird dialogue is happening, but at the same time, like, I'm not actually enjoying myself. It just is like I it's addictive this. personality it's a kind of train thing. Wreck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, did you say you're not sure if you're not enjoying yourself or you're definitely not enjoying yourself? Yeah, I'm definitely not enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So, yeah, and, and <laughs> the times that I have, and I've never put that much time in any of the games, um, yeah. but the times where I have picked it up for a capture or something like that, I'm just like never felt like I was enjoying mm-hmm. the, the combat style, the combat systems. So, yeah, it's it's just not, it's been a very mm-hmm. kind of blank emotion out of me whenever yeah. that game's come around. See, this list is tricky because it's so rare for all of us to be obsessed with something on it is. an equal level. It is. Um, but that is going to be kind of the crux of my yeah. argument here. And, and hear me out. So I'm going to put Kingdom Hearts 3 off to the side. Oh, yeah. We've got it noted down. It's not, it's not taking up a spot yet, but we've got it noted down. I would like to make a case for Monster Hunter World. And I don't think a lot of the allies are invested in Monster Hunter yet to a significant degree. And so I don't think there's a lot of confidence there from that perspective. But just just playing with Eden, the fact that like we're going to try to make Weekly Hunts a collective thing. Like maybe Monster Hunter World won't be one of the five best games of the year. But I think I could make an argument based on how we're going to be playing it as mm-hmm. friends that collectively it will be one of our favorite games of the year. My only thing is with this game is I could see a very easy situation of like when Destiny 2 came out. I'm not saying it's going to be like Destiny 2. It's like how we played it for that amount of time, then everyone bailed. Everyone's out. Yeah. Same thing with Final Fantasy 14 Stormblood. Everyone played for a little bit. Everyone's out. Brad, I think you are uh, right on the money with that. Uh, There's two things that I want to say in response to that because I think that's a super fair point. The first is that we have to cover games. And Correct. Because our coverage of games that we need to get done will supersede staying committed to something. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just a fact of yeah, life. That's absolutely. just the way it is. The the thing with like Destiny Two is I played it a lot and then I felt like not that I had done everything. I hadn't mm-hmm. done everything, but I had done like pretty much the big check mark things and what was remaining for me wasn't super engaging to me. Correct. Um, now, obviously, there's more stuff with Curse of Osiris and all of that. There's more to dig into, but I felt like I had just kind of did it. And so with Monster Hunter World, the question will be, like, how much is there? How long does it take to get through all of that? And how much fun are we having repeatedly doing these things yeah. uh, with different weapons, with different combinations of people? I don't know. I don't know that answer. I feel like the vast majority of us will hit that point 
and we'll just stop at a point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see you and Damiani maybe playing more than yeah. us, but me, Mike, Ian, sure. probably won't last as long. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'd i like to think, I'd like to be optimistic and think that this is me something too. that I'm doing. For, like, I just really like the way Monster Hunter feels mm-hmm. just on a very basic level. And so I'd like to be thinking I'm going to be playing for a long time. But I don't know. Maybe I'll reach that yeah. point too. Brad, I think this is a good argument. We're leaving it off the list for now. I'm gonna put it on the side. Okay. Um, well, I've got one, but I I feel like you probably have the most input on it. Is Dragon Quest Eleven? Yeah. That you was know on what? my list too. You know what? It's like to me, like I I want that to be on that list. Me too. Uh, but I I don't know. I don't know how well it stacks up, and a lot of it might depend on how well they localize it because yes. eight was really. Fantastic. Really well localized. Yeah. Um, but uh, I thought yeah. nine was well localized as well. You know. Yeah, um, but it's like it didn't have you know that extra right. touch of the voice acting. Sure. And everything, yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, th- that's the thing is what's so interesting about making these lists is some of them are just making guesses on some. Some, some of them are just mm-hmm. putting up some dreams on. You know, I've played not a lot, not a lot at all, but I've played some of the Japanese version of both the 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 3DS and PS4 version of Dragon Quest Eleven. I mean. Obviously, not understanding the story or the language or anything like that. Like, I think that is a, a pretty, pretty promising. I think that's the right word to use based on my very limited experience with it. Um, obviously, I think a lot of us have a, a huge affinity for Dragon Quest, um, and I think that checks a lot of boxes for us. We already know and like the series. We like the charm. It's our style of game. It's a big, sprawling single-player game, and based on the limited experience that we've had, it seems promising. I think that's a pretty potent combination of things, and I think you can make an argument for being on the list. Yeah. Any reservations or doubts? Uh, Damiani, Damiani with the art style. He just can't get into mm, it. That's. Mm, I don't think that's enough. For Damiani? Has no, he, for Damiani, yes. But I'm saying, like, collectively. Uh, I mean, Jones yeah. won't play it. Sure. Ian might try it and play for, like, five hours. Sure. And just stop. Okay. Like, that's what happens. Like, I'll play it. You'll play it. You'll play it. Mike will play it. Yeah. Kyle, yeah, Kyle, definitely it. Kyle will maybe play it, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, what? That's four hours. Kyle will like see a character. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you can get half the group, that that's might an count. To get on that's what five. was my case with yeah. Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Is like maybe you can get half the group, maybe. I don't. Know. I, I'm thinking of making it our third game. I mean, I want it on there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah, I want that on there. Now I just want it. <laughs> now yeah. I just want to play it. Ah, too many things. Okay. Um, with these last two spots, I think we're kind of at a point where we need to just start throwing out stuff and discussing It's going to get dicey. Mm-hmm. It's going to get dicey. It's going to get dicey. Um, what else would I like to nominate? I think Spider-Man might have a chance. I think Spider-Man might have a chance. I think Spider-Man might have a chance. Yes. Somniac Open World. Somniac Open World. You know Jones, super is, Jones is in. Jones Kyle's is super in. Yep. Um, it's just... I wasn't, for me, when I think about Spider-Man is, and coming out of PSX, from, mm-hmm. from impressions out of PSX, which I didn't get to see it or play it or anything like that, impressions coming out of PSX are very high, uh, based on the limited stuff that I saw, but that... Wait, they didn't have anything new? Yeah, they didn't have anything. They didn't have anything new? It was they just videos. That, man, okay, because I could have sworn I saw somebody being like, oh but, man, I'm more sold on Spider-Man than I've ever been. All there was is a giant, like, photo booth. Okay. I'm not sure... I mean, maybe there's 
No, I don't even think there's anything behind closed doors. Okay. I don't know. I haven't, like, obviously I haven't read other people's articles, but I don't know Ben's what... has got the scoops, man. No, I don't have the scoops. I could just be misinterpreting, like, a tweet that I saw. Oh, so don't, yeah, I didn't hear Don't it. put any credit I in there. I didn't hear any, don't put any, credit any buzz whatsoever. Um, and what I wanted to say is, like, thinking back to that E3 presentation, like, I just wasn't sold Me too. There. Me too. So. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting dicey here. It is getting dicey. I feel like, yeah, it could go either way. Um... I would like to talk about Fire Emblem Switch. Sure. Uh, I think Fire Emblem has proven itself enough. I think the fact that it's going to be on Switch and not 3DS is a big deal for a lot of mm-hmm. the allies. Uh, I really like Fire Emblem. I know several of the allies really like Fire Emblem. I just I think about it, and even though we see nothing on the new Fire Emblem for Switch... It's one of those games where where I just why would I not be confident in this? Is this a real deal, Fire Emblem? This is a real deal, Fire mm-hmm. Emblem. Okay, how many versions will there be? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to okay. be a fate situation or what. Hmm, I don't know. But my don't... guess is that it won't be that. Yeah, I don't know because I don't have experience with them really, sure. so I can't tell if I'll be excited or not. Like I don't know what Mike will think at all. Yeah, or Ian. Um, I've got or, or Brandon. I've got a stronger recommendation, I think, because we've, A, we've played it. I think this fits a vibe and style for a lot of us that is very, very sweet. I think the fact that it's coming out on Switch is, is again, because there, there are allies, mm-hmm. you, Huber, who don't love playing things on, on handhelds. That's Correct. fine. Uh, but Project Octopath Traveler. Based I mean, on what I don't we, have to play that on a handheld. What's that? I don't have to play that on a handheld. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying is, like, the, this throwback... But also kind of its own thing, uh, JRPG, that from what we've seen has a really interesting, promising story, really interesting, promising combat, really interesting, promising visual style. Like, I think it is checking a lot of the boxes for Easy Allies. Hmm. I like that pick. I honestly think Valkyrie Chronicles 4 is a stronger pick for us. Yeah. I, I think the reason why I actually haven't nominated, like, I'm, that is one of the games I'm most intensely interested about on this list, but I think I'm just, Worried after Revolution, yeah. Everything sure. that I'm seeing of four, looks I'm just awesome, gonna, I'm just gonna but... go hypothetical and it like rekindles that spirit that it once had. Sure, like we're all pumped. Yeah, Damiani's pumped. Mike's pumped. Like I could see Ian playing Valkyria Chronicles. Okay, I could see Jones being interested in it. Like I never know Jones. Do you think, assuming Valkyria Chronicles four is awesome, mm-hmm. do you think that? It would leave a bigger impact on us than Project Octopath. I don't know a lot about Project Octopath, so I, don't I think know. I think so. Why do you think that? Um, I don't know. I feel like there's Octopath in a way still seems a bit limited in scope. Um, I just I don't know. Like it, I feel like that's gonna be a really great game. I don't feel like it's gonna necessarily be such a wow factor to it. Okay. So like really like. Hit it up to that upper echelon, the top five. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. But it just, yeah, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's got enough of its necessarily enough of a scope to it. Are we comfortable with putting Valkyria Chronicles Four on this list? Oh man, it's so tough. Uh, there are other things that I think we need to at sure, least yeah. discuss. Sure, yeah. Go me, dude. Yakuza Six. Yeah, but. 
I mean, how many people in the office play it, or how many of us play that three? And I'm I'm right. not gonna play it because I'm behind. I sure. feel like some of the early impressions have been kind of down. That's, that was the thing that I was gonna well, bring up. Comparatively, oh yep, yep. Oh, I've, no. I've heard some from from people who have played the Japanese version that they didn't love it. Yes. Oh. Um, okay. All right. I think there's a lot of doubt there. What about Nino Kuni too? I think that's something that a lot of us are gonna yeah, play. It's on my list. Yeah. Like, I think it's gonna be sweet. I do too. We've played it. Yeah. I think like, everyone looked, everyone like seems hyped on it. Yep. Everyone. Nino we really like Nino Kuni yeah. a lot. You know, yeah. Hmm. Blood? Yeah. I don't have a thing to put a finger on it, but I, I do wonder. And it's coming out earlier too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's gotta have that lasting staying power for it has the to year. Have that lasting staying yeah. power. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's something that I'm actually worried about with Monster Hunter and it coming yeah. out in January. Um, there are other things that we have to talk about. Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I feel like fighting games just don't make it usually for us. Well, I, I'm worried. Not in an overall top five. Yeah. Right? Kind, of, yeah. kind of the thing that you were saying is I, I'm worried that we're just going to collectively fall off of it quick, even though we intentionally enjoy it for a period mm-hmm. of time. Yeah. We collectively fall off of it. I'm worried about that. Um, I'd like to make a case for Metro Exodus. Okay. Uh, not a lot of game. Not a game that we've spent a lot of time talking about, um, but I think. Unlike other things that we've nominated, it's not going to be especially long. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to grab a lot of people. I think, you know, obviously the premise of Metro, the style of Metro, those, you know, haven't played a lot of 2033, but what I played of Last Light, it's like, man, I think there's really something special here. I wouldn't be surprised if it grabbed more of us than we realize. Hmm. Yeah, my, I guess my concern with Exodus is being a little too more, too much of the same. Okay. I'm not sure where they take that to move the series forward, uh, where they're taking the story. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely done some interesting things, but I think the most interesting things about how the Metro um, vibe works have been present already, so I'm not sure what they're going to do to really like freshen that up and surprise us. Okay. I'll be honest, I'm kind of hard, like, there's a lot of things here that I'm, like, feel, could feel split on a lot of ways. Yeah. It's hard to, like, feel super confident about one. Like, oh, yeah. Red Dead, I feel 100% confident yeah. in. Yep, yep. I mean, that, that's what's going to happen when you're filling the yeah. fourth spot and the, and the fifth spot. Um, and, like, yeah, like, I mean, Sea of Thieves we haven't talked about. And, like, I feel yeah. like that's right. going to be very much like Monster Hunter, where it's going to depend on us playing together. Right. Um, and, uh, it's really going to depend on like whether, to me, that game depends on whether they can really make the content engaging exactly, enough. Exactly. Cause I feel like so far what I've seen in that game is just like, oh, it's cool to hang out on a ship together and do some, some, some treasure hunting, but it's all seems very simple and very basic, which can be good. Right. But in the long term, like what is actually keeping me into this, keeping me coming back to this, keeping a group of us coming back to this because you need a group because I'm sure that game with randoms is going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. I mean, every the three games that we have on here are either sequels or like heavily yeah. attached to a series that is well established. And I would love to put Sea of Thieves on here, but I think just because of the nature of that game, you can totally easily envision it going either way. Um, it's hard to be absolutely confident, I think, in Sea of Thieves. 
based on our discussions, though, I mean, there's more things that we could talk about. Yeah. Uh, like, I really like the first season of Wolf Among Us. I'm really excited to play Wolf Among Us Season 2. Uh, Travis Strikes Again, I think, could be one that could go either way. Uh, Mega Man 11? Yeah. I don't know if they'll, like... I don't know. I don't know if they'll take us by storm, really. What about A Way Out? Brothers of Tale of Two Sons, I remember when it came out in the GTA's. I think I missed that writing A Way Out, yeah, I forgot to write that. Uh, mm, left an impression. I could see a lot of people liking that game. Yeah, like, I, like What Remains of Edith Finch, I think, hit us really hard because A, it wasn't very long, and it was something that all of us could appreciate and yeah. play through. Yeah, um, So I think that might be a strong candidate. Okay. I do think, based on the conversations that we've had, though, I, th- I think just we've been the most confident about Nino Kuni 2. Yeah, yeah, Nino Kuni 2. Put that on there. I thought that was already on there. No, it's not. Oh, yeah, put it on there. Blood, are you cool with that? Yeah. Okay. We got four games. Uh, the other one that I think the most confidence was expressed about was either Kingdom Hearts 3 or Valkyrie 4. Hmm, that's a tough one. Well, uh, yeah, I was Valkyrie thinking... Valkyrie 4 will be easier for everyone to play. I mean, what were you thinking against the way out? I mean, a way, I don't know. a way out. To me, both right. a way out and dreams seem to be. Yeah, dreams could be like, could be awesome. Yeah, I just. Or it could just be. Terrible. I know this. Like we're coming off of the PSX buzz from every people. time I think about games like dreams, I think of myself honestly and Hubert saying like, "Oh man, mm-hmm, you know, for sure, I too intimidated by this or just don't feel creative enough or something." And so. I think Dream sounds really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know if it'll have the biggest impact on us as Easy Allies in, yeah. in 2018. I'm just trying to think about the buzz between us when we see something like when we saw Valkyrie Chronicles 4. Right. There, well, our, our vibe, how excited everyone was. But I also think about A Way Out, and I think about how excited we were when we saw that, and and how it's kind yeah. of buddy cop. Not not buddy cop, that's I think, a bad way of phrasing it. But the, 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 the banter between the two characters, uh, the whole prison break vibe, how well that gelled with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, thinking about thinking about uh, previous games, like I thought Brothers was was a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could totally see a way. Yeah, of it's being possible. For me, I don't know if that game will stick with me, kind of thing. I'm not excited about that game as everyone else, okay. but I think it looks good. Sure. But I'm not like freaking out. I'm not like Huber excited about it or Jones excited about it. Okay. I don't know. But I could see it pleasing everybody to an extent, yeah. which is a positive. To me, it feels very much in, like, that kind of same space as Hellblade this year, you know? Or it's, sure. It's a it's a shorter, like, really polished mm-hmm. experience and, like, but would Hell- has a good, like, payoff narratively, you know? I love Hellblade. Is Hellblade collectively in our top five? It might not be. For right? Me. I don't think yeah. so right now. Well, because, right. like, we don't even know what... All's coming out next year too, so there could be way more. Yeah, there's definitely games we haven't seen yet. And that could just overshadow all that. What's interesting about a way out, and I don't know if this is fair to say, is I feel like I feel like I can based on what I've seen in my experience with the brothers, I feel pretty confident in saying that a way out would be a good game. Mm-hmm. But with Valkyria Chronicles 4 and King Wars 3, which I've kind of already alluded to, if those games hit, mm-hmm. they will hit with us so much harder than like almost anything else on this list. Yeah. The the thing that gives me confidence about Kingdom Hearts 3 is everything we've seen has been good. Sure. It's been very good. Sure. But yeah, it's been in a long development, which can be worrisome. But at the same time, it's Square Enix, so I don't know. Yeah, you just don't know. Yeah. So does that leave us between Kingdom Hearts 3 and Valkyria Chronicles 4? For me, it does. What do you think, Blood? 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I so then now this is just coming down to personal preference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you know, even though the only Valkyria Chronicles game that I've played through uh from beginning to end is Valkyria Chronicles one. Mm-hmm. But I love that game so, so, so much that if I had to pick, even though I've played more Kingdom Hearts, I would pick Valkyrie. Yeah, Chronicles. that's fine. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just so invested in Kingdom Hearts. Right. Like, this is the end. Right. This is what I've been waiting for for like 20 years. Right. Or whatever. <laughs> how long it's been. I mean, not how long it's been anymore. It's not been 20 years. But Brad, I'm okay with putting either one I'm on ready. the list. Yeah, I like both of them. Like, they're both really good. Yeah. They'll both be awesome. They're both right in my alley. So it doesn't matter to me. Um, yeah, I feel like Kingdom. To me, I feel like Kingdom Hearts has the better chance of actually living up to expectations. Why? Um, yeah, I just feel like Valkyria's never really quite hit the height that the first game has in terms of how people have reacted. I know that, like, you know, two and three were both portable, mm-hmm. so that was a ding. And the other thing was just a weird spinoff, which you know, why even call it what it is? Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I think Valkyria could be in this weird place where like nothing could ever like hit the way the first game hit. Hmm. Okay. Whereas I think Kingdom Hearts three, it's it's like they know they know what's riding on it. They've been dragging their feet long mm-hmm. enough, and they can't afford for it to. No, yeah, it's sure. one of those situations sure, again. Sure. I. I don't know if I completely agree with every aspect of the line of thought, but I think there's enough there that that I think it's yeah. It's tough. It's hard to like just agree on something so easily. Yeah. All right, we did it. We did it. I don't know when when did we start this? A while. Yeah, that was intense. It's been a while. Things like this usually are, but we've done it. We've come up with what we believe will be. And I mean, the the best part of this is there are games that will come out in 2018 that we don't even know about. Correct. Yet, right? yeah, yeah. That will definitely probably put, be on the list. We put three JRPGs on the list. <laughs> we did put three JRPGs on the list. I'm sure people see the list and they roll their eyes. But <laughs> through a process of elimination and discussion, this is what we believe on this episode of Frame Trap. Ben Moore, Bradley Ellis, Ooh. Daniel Bloodworth believe will be the top five games in 2018 for Easy Allies. Red Dead Redemption 2, God of War, Dragon Quest XI, Nino Kuni 2, and Kingdom Hearts. Sorry, Uber. No Shenmue. No Shenmue. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how the other allies will feel about this list. But please <laughs> shove this in our faces next year when we get all of this wrong. All right. It's time for the last segment of the show. You guys ready to wrap this up? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to pee. I got to pee. <laughs> yeah, I got I yeah, me too, man. All right, it's time for emails. We've got three emails today. Uh, thank you everybody who always sends in emails. I know it can be frustrating not getting your email picked, but I always appreciate it. Uh, I see some people, you know, send multiple questions or, you know, send the same question that they think, you know, might have a better shot in the in the following episode. I think that's totally fine. Don't give up. Uh, our first email comes in hold on a second holding hold on a second where is it okay there it is there it is uh the first email comes in from laser cat laser cat he says hello allies have any of you ever quit a game because it was too hard to point 
to the point of being unbeatable, only to finally come back to the game years later and finally beat it. For me, I remember buying Dark Souls Day 1, then mm. quitting after dying over and over to the skeletons in Blighttown. <laughs> uh, and, uh, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. I had to check something real quick. Then maybe about two years later, a friend of mine bought a copy of Dark Souls, brought a, a copy of Dark Souls to my house, and my old character was still on my PS3. After watching him play, I gave it another shot, and with some help from him mostly about how equipment load works, I finally beat the game. It was like having a huge burden finally being lifted from my shoulders. Mm. Have any of you had a similar experience? Uh, yeah. Uh, Castlevania on NES. Played when I was a lot when I was little. I could not beat it. Came back much later in my life. Beat it. Felt good. Just couldn't do it when I was younger. Sorry, which one was that? Castlevania. Castlevania. The original. So, Yes, I did it. I've I've only beaten Castlevania one with save states. Okay, which I don't feel great yeah. about. Um, mm. But and I would like to at some point go back and and play it's through Castlevania game, one man. without. It is a tough game. It's really honestly, I just like I I struggle at different parts of that game, but really, it's death. It's death Death's, that yeah wrecks yeah, me. Yeah, and I know there tough. are things you can do to make it easier. But yeah, if but, you don't like, if you don't know that stuff yeah. though, if you're just going in, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is the first one that jumps to mind that I already talked about earlier in the show, but Mega Man 9, where yeah. like, I first played it, I was just like, nope, mm. and coming back and finishing it. Um, but I feel like that happens to me with a lot of games. Sure. Honestly. Honestly. It's a lot to play. There's a lot to play. Blood, is there one that jumps out to you? I'm not getting anything jumping out at me, unfortunately. I feel like it's it's, <laughs> it's had to have out. happened. You're right. Sure. But I think I also... I have a tendency to not give up too easily. Yeah. I, I beat my head against the wall way too yeah. much. <laughs> it was like, I've all right, it. I've got it. I've seen it in Dark Souls 3. <laughs> when I... That was a quality that I developed in college. Like, probably at the end of high school and college, where I was like, no, I'm going to... I mean, it wasn't... I didn't apply it to everything, but for most games, it was like, okay, I really... If I'm going to play this, I'm going to get through it, and even if I struggle, I'm going to beat my head against it until I do it. So I developed that later in life, but when I was a kid, like, and I got stuck, I just moved on to something mm-hmm. else. Like, sure, yeah. Didn't even really give it that many attempts. I moved on pretty quickly uh, with games, so. But yeah. I love that, though. I love that email. I love uh, when people don't just start blaming the game or getting mad or whatever, but they, they sit down and they, they think about it and they get through it. You know, maybe it takes you a week. Mm-hmm. Maybe it takes sure. you a month. Sure. But eventually getting through it, I think that's really cool. Or, well, I mean, I think one thing that's funny is... Uh, you know, sometimes when you're having a hard time with something and then, like, not even coming back that much later, but just, like, going to bed and waking up in the morning oh. and then, like, oh, I just... Oh, yeah. Right oh, all yeah, the time. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Every Souls game I go through that. Every time. With 9, I had that exact sensation where... Do you ever have... And this is the worst feeling. I hate this feeling. And it definitely happened to me with Mega Man 9. Where, like, your first few attempts are, like pretty good and you're like okay i got this and then as you keep doing it you just get worse and worse like you kind of just right are yeah. riding yourself sure. down. that's when you take the break that's when you take the break <laughs> that's when you take the break but when when you're in that moment when you're just getting worse at it it feels awful yeah but yeah i found that like an hour is really good that if i step away from an for an hour i come back and i'm refreshed mm-hmm. and i do so much better yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah absolutely um our next email is from available he says hey allies I was thinking about Godia, how Godia Awards compare games that don't really make sense to compare. 
On a normal day, is any reasonable person going to compare Breath of the Wild to Persona 5, Mario Odyssey, or, or Divinity Original Sin 2? They're entirely different. If someone were to ask you candidly which of these is a better game, you'd most likely say you can't compare them or that it would be unfair to do so. Yet for some reason, at the end of the year, everyone decides that suddenly you can compare these and determine which is better or more noteworthy. Sure, most people have extra categories to give other game awards, but that doesn't mean anything. Which is the better RPG, Divinity or Persona? How about Indie Game, PUBG, or Hollow Knight? I understand that people like to have that build-up and competition. Seeing a game you like win is exciting for people and can fill some with a sense of justice. But I think it hurts how we view games to make unfair comparisons like this. I feel like this is particularly true in 2017, where there are so many amazing games that appeal to wildly different audiences. Instead, it would make much more sense to just have an exceptional games of 20XX, which could be awarded to as many games as you wanted for whatever reasons you wanted. This game is exceptional for its atmosphere, this one for its storytelling or gripping gameplay, this one for innovation in a well-established genre. Games are so varied and complex, we need to give players a more open-minded approach to understanding what makes a game stand out. Simply saying one game is the best this year is an unjust oversimplification of all great games that come out every year. I really like this email. Um, oh, sorry, keep going. Nope, go ahead. I was going to say, like giving multiple categories like for this game the best and this thing i feel like whenever we nominate something for game of the year mm-hmm. is us acknowledging that this game is excellent in some way mm-hmm. so i think you could still give games respect but not necessarily have it be the winner mm-hmm. like yeah it's hard to compare art forms like you could do this with almost any art form like comparing movies at the oscars or something like that right like what makes this movie better than that movie something like that it's we it's just the kind of thing where we have to make decision and we feel the strongest about a certain thing it may not technically be the best. Like some, there might be a more bug in this one or something like that or more glitches. Yeah. But the feeling we had from this game was so much stronger from something else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in some some years, of course, can be weaker than others. But I mean, yeah. I think a lot of the times when you get into game of the year, I mean, you're really, you're looking for games that are not only excellent, but are doing things that you haven't really seen before. Yeah. You know, I mean, some can't, sometimes it's like straight up just innovation, but other times, you know, it's, you know, the way of telling a story and like really fleshing that out or, um, the, you know, building a world that is just far more believable than anything that you've done before, you know? And, and so I, I think that, you know, that's why you you never see anyone really picking like a sports game or a racing game or something like that for our game of the year because it's just like there's very few that do something that like you don't expect right you know like it's like okay yeah you've you've changed some things here you've made competition better in one way or another you know you've you've got a physics simulation that's you know stronger than before but at, you know, at the end of the day it's like you know, it's it, it's it's a racing game. It doesn't blow your mind. Whereas, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're, when you're talking about game of the year, like you're talking about stuff that's, you know, very much reinventing um, the way that game can play, or, mm-hmm. you know, or that series can play if it's part of a series. Like RE7 will be a good example of like yeah. reinventing that series. Um, I do empathize with this email a lot, though. And the reason I empathize with it so much is people really haven't, always heard our game of the year discussions and i've been through i've been through several now Mm -hmm. and some of the discussions are great and i feel like people really bring a lot of 
this is why I think this should win. Uh, but I've also had Game of the Year discussions where it's like, this just feels like completely arbitrary. It's just like, you like this one more, I like this one more, you haven't played this one, I haven't played that one. And it, it really is a terribly imperfect science mm-hmm. where we're coming in with our own experience, our own biases, and it's just like, these things aren't even remotely comparable to begin with. Like, I've had conversations where it's like, I think this should be good purely from a gameplay perspective. I think this is one of the best games of the year. I think this is good from a purely story perspective, one of the best games of the year. And it's like, we have to choose one over the other. Mm -hmm. And it can be a really frustrating process. However, uh, I'm somebody, growing up, I got really excited about game of the year. I think specifically, uh, there was a period of time in high school where I was following the GameSpot crew, Mm. and their opinions meant the world to me. like, I really looked up to guys like Greg Kasavin and Jeff Gersman and Ryan Davis. Um, and just, I put a lot of value in their opinions. And I was somebody who, like, the games that I tended to buy were the games that were getting 9 out of 10 or the games that were getting Game of the Year because I was a kid and I couldn't play everything. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I just couldn't do that. I mean, I was fortunate enough to have the, the number of systems that I did. And so I think... From a, a certain perspective, even though it is an imperfect science, even though you can very easily poke holes in it, it meant a lot to me when these guys that I really, really, really trusted were like, no, we think this is the best. Um, and I think that's true of a lot of people. I think a lot of people, uh, like, yeah, maybe they're missing out on things that we're not talking about, but hopefully, you know, the thing that we are picking as game of the year means so much to us that, you know, if that's the one thing that they can play, they'll get a lot out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I think you have to do that with yeah. a lot of things. It's a weird thing. You can't make everybody happy. With you can't. It. You can't make everybody happy. Like every time, every time we do goatee stuff, there's salt somewhere. Oh. Someone's <laughs> upset it somewhere. Is a, like you know, we get salty about a lot of mm-hmm. things, but game of the year salt is a special. Yeah. I'm going to remember this to my grave. Kind of salt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do think there is value in forcing yourself to pick. Um, and that's, you know, people, it's the same thing with review scores where people are like, don't do review scores or they're like, your review scores don't make any sense. Don't do review scores. You know, people don't even listen to the review anyway. They're just bickering about the score. And it's like, yeah, all of that is true. But, uh, I think when you don't do that, when you don't force yourself to pick and you do kind of extend it out and you, and you, uh, give yourself, you, you sort of, uh, unbuckle the belt a little bit. You have the danger of not coming down hard on anything. Yep, that's you, right. You come yep. down on, on just somebody watching me and like, well, I'm not really sure how you feel. And the same thing is true with Game of the Year. And it's like, well, what? You think everything is great. So uh, I think there is danger, there is uh, value in enforcing yourself to decide, like, no, I'm going to put a number to this. Like, mm-hmm. how do, I'm going to crystallize my thoughts. And I think that's that's important too. So Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? Any other thoughts on Game of the Year? I think it's important to remember for Game of the Year that sometimes the game with not the highest score can win game of the year. Absolutely. A, re- oh, a review sure. is one person yeah. giving their opinion on it. That's right. And this is a whole group effort with everybody discussing it. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Just like when comments where I see, like, well, that game got lower score has a game of the year. Right. How did it win this category? Right. Like, well, that's why. Right. Yeah. And and opinions can change over time. Exactly. Yep. I mean, Even, now games change over time. Games yep. change over time, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think that is a very good point to bring up, Brad. But yeah, it's tough. It is tough. It is tough. I like it's it's something that I both really enjoy doing and is like one of my least yeah. favorite things. We we take it very seriously. We do. Yeah. We do take it seriously because we care. Yeah. Because we care. Like when we are labeling something, 
as Game of the Year. You may not like it. I know there are people who are very upset that we named Last Guardian Game of the Year. I know people that are very upset that we named Hearthstone Game of the Year, but we do care. Like, we didn't, that didn't just happen. It yeah. was a very painful process where we, like, hated each other over it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Know that. Like, I, I promise you uh, that is the case. Um, our last question, our last email, I really like this, comes in from Rashim. He says, what up, allies? Uh, thanks for everything you do. My question is, do you have a song or album that you love that is attached to a game you played? For example, the Blueprint 2 by Jay-Z is attached to Ocarina of Time for me because my older bro and I listened to it together on a radio in the background while I tried to get through the Water Temple. Specifically, the song called Hovey Baby. Go hmm. listen to it if you haven't because it's fire. Thanks for reading my email. Uh, yeah, I got one right, right Ooh, now. Um, nice. So this album is associated with World of Warcraft. Yeah. Back in the day in Vanilla, it was this uh, this uh, folk metal band called Elven King. Oh, nice. I haven't heard of them. So it's all folk metal. This album is called Heathen Reel. Okay. And we used this to joke. like quintessential. Yeah, yeah. We used to joke if you would listen to that while you're playing WoW, you'd be doubling the fantasy. Yeah. And it just kind of became synonymous, like in a joke almost, but we sure. actually all liked the album. Yeah. That is awesome. That's perfect. Uh, what is the name of the band? Elvin King. Elvin King. I'm writing this down. Ask Mike about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Blood, you got one? I don't know that I do. I mean... Brad just gave me mine, so I can I can go really quick. Right, go um, for it. I Like, I have a bunch, but one that really sticks out to me, you said World of Warcraft, and immediately stepped in my mind. I remember... Uh, so what we I used to do in high school, you know, the cool kids in school, I, I had a group of friends and we would bring our desktop computers to mm-hmm. each other's houses. Oh, yeah. And we would play World of Warcraft. Lanzish. Sometimes we played Dota or Counter-Strike, but we played a lot of World of Warcraft together. And I remember listening. We were all, like, really into Tenacious D. And I remember listening to a lot of the first Tenacious D album playing Burning Crusade together. Nice. And that was really fun. It's really... It's yeah. easy to do that with MMOs, oh, to have yeah. music. I'd, like... There are. I always reach a point in MMO where I pretty much like have to play listen music. to something. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. I guess there's just not been that many times where like I play with something. Yeah. Running in the background. Like you probably haven't played that many MMOs at all or anything like that or no long maybe like multiplayer games you play a lot. I will say though, going back going back around to Need for Speed, the trouble with using licensed music is eventually. Like those songs, those dumb songs, start getting stuck in your head because yep. oh, you've yeah. heard them so oh, many yeah. times. Yeah. Like how many times have we done Offspring from Crazy yeah, Taxi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but that's great. Yeah, that's great. But yeah. it's like we can just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's. I don't even know. I've never heard it outside of Need for Speed. But there's some. There's some song in there where it's like the guy says like, "I'm a burning man, baby," and I just put. I just get rid of that comma. Like we've just started joking about it. Like. He's a burning man baby. Oh, like, uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, and, and I even refer, like, when I was going back to play more in Eve Speed, it's like, all right, like, it's time for some more burning man baby. Like, <laughs> like that's just how I started referring to the game. <laughs> burning man baby. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Fun, qu- fun question. Yeah. Fun email. Good batch of emails. Thank you to everybody who wrote in. If you'd like to send an email into us on Frame Trap, uh, for us to, to chew on, to think about, to tell someone's stories with. That is askeasyallies at gmail.com. That is going to be our show. I really liked this one. Yeah. Really always, this always one. fun. Yeah. Uh, good conversations. It was fun building the list with you guys. Yeah. And it's like building this list reminded me. Okay, like, <laughs> Goaty, 
flashbacks yeah. just right yeah. now. I'm getting stressed about You're it. You're getting stressed about it. Yeah. Well, about that, 2018. That, yeah. That for can... like a year, we're not even we're not even through goatees for this year. Yep. Uh, thank you so much to the sponsors on the show. Like I said, we have more sponsors on the show than we've ever had. Deeply appreciate that. If you would like to learn more about being a sponsor of the show, please go to easyallies.com slash Patreon. No. Wow. <laughs> That's the exact opposite of what it's supposed to be. It's patreon.com slash easyallies. That's it. Not the other way around. I almost knocked over got my it. can. We got there. Into the show. Um, but Yeah. Thank you, panel. Thank you, Bradley Ellis there in mm-hmm. the middle. Thank you, Dan- Daniel Bloodworth. I am your host, Ben Moore. Until next time.